The Republican-led House Intelligence Committee releasing its now declassified memo about the Russia investigation, which claims federal investigators abused their powers. FBI officials say the memo is not accurate because it's missing key pieces of information. Context matters. The Democrats are echoing that, calling the memo misleading at very least. You're listening to The Devil's Advocate, where we talk about news and current events. I'm your host, Brandon Condit. And I'm also your host, Mitchell Hernandez. Our goal at The Devil's Advocate is to provoke thought by introducing viewpoints and information that isn't readily available in the mainstream media. It's in truth a conversation where an independent liberal, like myself, and an independent conservative, like myself, can share different viewpoints without the typical disdain for one another we see all too often in politics. So with that, let's get started. John, the memo has now been released. It went first to some conservative outlets, including Fox News and the Washington Examiner. And what we see from their accounts of what's in this memo are that it shows that the so-called dossier that was prepared by uh, the former British intelligence agent uh, who had been hired by a Democratic research firm was used and a critical part of the application for surveillance of Carter Page, who was the Trump foreign policy advisor that uh, has been part of this Russia investigation. So the key point from the Republican standpoint is to try to allege that the dossier, which they claim has been debunked, uh, was part of what led to the surveillance of Trump campaign officials. Now. Uh, I should say that the uh, memo has not been debunked in full. Uh, it has not been affirmed in full. All right, and we are back. We, uh, we've got yeah. just Frank and I here this week. Frank, well, actually, it's going to be another kind of weird one like it last week Mitch it won't be here for this first segment um, and just because of the way that we're shooting he won't and, be he, and because he's a nerd and because <laughs> he's a nerd um, he did have other other prior engagements though with uh, with nerd lifestyle Comic Con it's we're really just jealous that we're not there yeah I mean, if we're I'm just gonna honest. harp on that the whole episode <laughs> right so um, but so anyway Mitch however should be on the next segment. I don't want to speak too soon, but I think as far as the way we've worked out the schedule, um, the the next bit that we go into, he should be available for. So with that, the big story coming into the, the weekend, um, the, the Nunez memo, right? Um, oh, yeah. It's been, that's pretty much been the only story. It's been the only story. We, we had planned, originally, the plan was to do the State of the Union as the lead-in to the show. But I don't know that how... how I mean, that happened Tuesday, and some more yeah. shit happened and it, <laughs> on and, Friday. And it doesn't so. even compare in terms of talking points. Like, no. I mean, he talked for, what, 80 minutes? And right. it was still like... That four-page memo had way more implications. <laughs> and the biggest viewership ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My ass. <laughs> right. So um, so I'm going to read a little bit from an article here. I think this is an NPR article. Um, and we will then kind of get into the, the talking points. Also, f- for this episode, because of the content, I think it, 
it's fair to say we'll probably post a link to the to the memo itself yeah um so that you can so that you can read it but we can we can go through it and figure out how right i was last week (laughs) um so NPR, after days of buildup amid political firestorm, House of the House Republicans released a controversial memo on Friday that alleges the FBI abused its surveillance authority to target a former foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. The document alleges that the FBI and Justice Department relied on the unverified Russian dossier compiled by a former British spy, Christopher Steele, to obtain court approval for surveillance on former Trump campaign foreign policy aide Carter Page. Um, For one thing, the memo does not detail what other evidence, if anything, that the FBI and DOJ used to ask to authorize and sustain surveillance of Page. It also does not make clear that the FISA court only reauthorized um, reauthor- reauthorizes warrants in cases that are yielding intelligence. Um, Which is is that true? Did, did the memo not say something about every ninety days? It, it does. Okay. It does. Yeah. And it's in like the first. Um, it's in like the first paragraph or two of the actual text. If you look at the the link that I have is actually to the um, completely declassified, like whatever. So it's got. It's got some other governmental, like, hey, this is a preface because Preambles. you're right. Yeah. So it's got a bunch of that, and then it gets into the actual, <coughs> excuse me, substance of the memo. I started coughing like three months ago, and every episode since, <laughs> I have not, like, I don't know what it is. I'm not even sick. You're so allergic to the microphone. Right. <laughs> Maybe so, but I don't, I don't like it, and I don't like it in editing either. <laughs> so, so I'm rubbing cat fur on your microphone when you're not around. <laughs> right, right. In other words, the FBI and Justice Department were able to get judges to permit continued surveillance because the agencies were able to show that the warrants were producing something. Um, Democrats called the memo a set of misleading Republican talking points that cherry-picks information from classified material provided by the FBI and DOJ. Um, Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee prepared their own memo to counter the Republican document the same day the committee voted along party lines to release the Republican memo, and it voted along party lines not to make public the Democratic memo. Um, yeah, and, and they caught some flack for that even amongst them. I know John McCain yeah, came out and said that, like, even, that was – it's not, you know – I'm pretty sure even Paul Ryan had come out that day and said, like, yeah, we should we should put it out. And, of course, like – That's bad optics. It's very bad yeah. optics. Um, instead, the committee agreed to allow the full House to view the Democratic document and promised to – Or Prom- uh, promised. <laughs> <laughs> That was so, yeah, a, a, a promise of a compromise. I, I know. I wanted. I wanted a compromise in there, but no. They promised to hold a new vote on it later at a later date. Democrats complain that not releasing the memos at the same time allows Republicans to set the narrative for a week or more before the public will see the Democratic rebuttal, which, which is I agree with. Completely true. Yeah. Um, so you know, let's get into what the. the I have an issue. With the MO. now was there a was there yeah, a rebuttal? Yeah, so there was, I, and I don't know if it's I don't think it was the official rebuttal, but uh, Republican or Representative rather Jerry Nadler of New York, who is the top uh, Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee, released a four released some uh, I guess it was a rebuttal or uh, yeah, it's kind of like their stance on what they cherry picked, but it has four essential claims that the Nunes memo fails to demonstrate that the government lacked enough evidence beyond a, the uh, the dossier. 
um, to obtain a FISA warrant because mm-hmm. you have to get every, – every 90 days you have to show what you've produced in your search. Right. Um, second, that the Steele's uh, – Steele's expertise on Russia and organized crime would have outweighed any concerns a FISA court would have had about the funding of Steele's work by partisan actors, um, funding sources that Steele may not have even known about, which right. I, I believe he did not know who was – beyond fusing GBS, he didn't know who was funding them. Right. Um, that Nunez's memo uh, provides no credible basis whatsoever for remu- removing Deputy Anthony General uh, Rod Rosenstein – who oversees the investigation led by Special Counsel Robert Mueller. And he did that because Sessions recused himself, obviously, so he's in charge. And then lastly, the memo shows that the Republicans, um, quote, are now part and parcel to an organized effort to obstruct Mueller's probe. Uh, So here's what I I had texted both of you guys yesterday morning um, without hearing that and had thought to myself, like, I woke up and I turned back on the news and I – you know, I was watching the same stuff from the night before, and like it got me thinking. Like, even if there is nothing there, like this does seem completely like this is a political move. This is a way the 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 memo itself. If you read it, it's full of all kinds of holes. Like, and and the fact of the matter is, the memo itself says that to continue the FISA warrants um, to, to keep those ongoing, you have to have proven evidence within 90 days. The memo itself says that. Yeah. Then it goes on to make a bunch of claims well, without actually saying that, like, well, why do you think that way? How do you, like... Well, I believe their argument somewhat, at least this one of the arguments I've heard, is that, yes, they may have been able to go back and keep showing that they found crime, but they didn't have a... An, uh, a right to look in the first place. Right. The, the original information. But, but again, I don't believe the Steele dossier is the only thing that they're basing this on. No, I don't think so either. You know? And if it's here's, – here's one paragraph from – I also, I have a lot of problem with the fact that a guy who is supposed to have gone to law school doesn't like the way this is written is just so goofy and to me it's just like that's that's not how you complete a sentence um <laughs> but the FBI and DO this is from the memo itself the FBI and DOJ ob- obtained one initial FISA warrant targeting Carter Page and three FISA renewals from FISC as um as required by statute whatever legal talk a FISA order um on an American citizen must be renewed by the FI FISC every 90 days and each renewal requires a separate finding of probable cause. Then Director James Comey signed three FISA applications in question on behalf of the FBI and Deputy Director Andrew McCabe signed one. Then DAG um, Sally Yates then acting DAG Donna is it Bonetti? And DAG so. Rod wrote Rod wrote deputy acting or deputy Rosenstein, attorney yeah. general Rod Rosenstein each signed one or more FISA applications on behalf of the DOJ. So what? They, you're leaving out completely like the yeah. whole story as to why. What were they presented? Yeah, and that, it seems like more of a way to taint certain names. Like they just threw like these seven people or whatever are going right. to be tainted by being associated with this memo. Right. So to me, that entire paragraph reeks of. Okay, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw some shit out there that and but well, they to, also don't here, they don't talk about the fact that like four of those six people they just mentioned were picked by Trump, right? 
You know, like yeah. this is not a, a, a partisan attack. This is his own people right. being like, this is my job. I have to sign something if they have so evidence the, for a I warrant. I think the problem that I have with the with the conservative reaction to this, and I'll remind you that last week I said, like, this memo is going to be everything that you expect it to be, whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Repu- Republican. If you're a Democrat, you're probably somewhere along the lines of our thinking that, like, wait a minute, dude, there's not a whole lot here. Like, yeah, this is the, the it's the Republican. Republican equivalent of uh, fire and fury. It's like it's a, exactly you know, if you if you th- wonder, if you believed in it before, it's just going to renew your belief. This was this is to me it's it's uh, pornography for Republicans to sit around and be like, oh, yeah. we got him. Um, it, I, yeah, and but I think there's no the, there's no gotcha. I think here. the polls actually back that up too that there hasn't been a major shift. Now I know there was a small shift recently um, for the projected midterm. Back to Republicans, or at least they made up a, a couple points, which people are attributing to the Nunes memo, and they can be more solidified in their belief that this is a witch hunt. Now they have quote unquote evidence, right? Yeah, I, I just, but it's not like to me, it's it, not because the evidence. It's the is, same way that Fire and Fury is not evidence that you know Trump didn't want to win the election. You know, and right. there's, there's no evidence to back no, that up. To me, and what what's unfortunate is I didn't realize it until because I think we had talked about it last week and we had mentioned the hashtag that was trending last week which was um release the memo release the memo but like the real hashtag opportunity there was like release the facts if you can't release which you can't and they know that and that's the optics here right that's this is a way for for devin nunez who supposedly recused himself from this however he is the one issuing all the subpoenas he is the one who has issued subpoenas on fusion gps but not deutsche bank um he's the he has not he only recused himself from the investigation for that soundbite when he was asked to do that um he's still making all the decisions here and you know, to me, that what what bothers me about the reaction from Republicans on this is that this is basically your entire argument for why the Russian probe itself is bullshit is because, well, there's no evidence here. Like it's you know that you haven't shown us anything. Well, this hasn't shown us anything. Like this is just. I, uh, I believe Twitter just showed that a bunch of uh, Russian Twitter bots were tweeting release the memo. Like they're the reason. Like of course. Yeah, it's like it's just common sense. Like at this point, like the evidence stacks up so much. I do like, think, of course they're trying to. I do think that Adam Schiff. I don't. I don't know what show he was on. Or what forum it was, um, but he was talking to like a room full of people, and he was asked, um, he, uh, he was asked if Devin Nunes should resign. He obviously said yes to that, but yeah. in his statement, he went on to to say that um, uh, there that Russia, as far as like meddling in the election and whatever they tried to do, whether or not they hand, tried to actually or whether or not there was actual collusion or anything like that yeah, whether it was the, me- the meddling that the intelligence agencies have said happened um he's basically saying like that we're hurting ourselves way worse than russia so, could hurt so ourselves. they won they it worked uh, right like yeah. no matter what like russia did like what we're doing to ourselves now through this whole political process and like this whole sideshow that that this has become is way more damaging to us yeah. than and than like, anything it's, Russia. It's funny could have because done. like you know America kind of we didn't write the rule book, but in the 20th century version of it, we kind of did uh, this idea of meddling in other people's democratic elections. And it's funny to see 
Putin realize that he can use that and like either A, they're not going to realize we try to meddle in their elections, in which case we can keep doing it, or B, they realize it and then they they tear themselves apart arguing over whether or not it happened. Right. So like if they win either way, yeah. and it's just funny that something we have utilized, same thing with the atomic bomb and drones, we get something and we're like, ooh, this will be great for us on the world stage. And the moment someone else starts using it, we, we are like, oh, no, no, that guy's that's so uncool. You shouldn't <laughs> yeah. even do that anymore. You shouldn't even do that. Who needs nukes? No one. We're, we're the hipsters nukes. of... Yeah, just... <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think the, the optic here, though, if you're... First of all, Devin Nunes... I, I had jokingly sent you both a text yesterday, you and Mitch, that had said, not Devin Nunes, we don't text anymore. <laughs> Just, um, you're on his bad side now. <laughs> right. But I had, I had sent you a text that said, like, could the whole Republican Congress, like, if you look at voting on party lines, could the whole could they all be charged with obstruction of justice? Which is ridiculous, and obviously. More of a hypothetical, the, but it's right. an interesting one. But I wonder if they do find anything with the Russian probe. Is this enough to charge Devin Nunez with obstruction of justice? I think justice? it's, again, it's, you have to prove intent. Did he... Like he could prove, he could claim that like I legitimately believed that it was a witch hunt. But he I legitimately also has broken protocol like a hundred times in relations to this. Yeah, but look at jo- you know Joe Prio. That doesn't necessarily mean well, shit anymore. No, <laughs> I know. I yeah, that's apparently doing your job wrong is not a prerequisite for keeping your job any longer. <laughs> yeah. um, that's why the economy's doing so well. It's because we keep giving these fuckers second chances. <laughs> yeah, I. I just don't I don't know. I think the optic here though and the reason for I think the reason for this memo um is so that when Donald Trump tells Bob Mueller, well, there's no reason for me to testify, that Republicans can go, okay, well, we can probably survive this politically. Yeah. Um which I'm fine with like yeah, does it look like they were like they're shady shit the FBI? Invest the like I'm not I'm not exactly a fan of the FBI. They've done some shady shit in their Right in their uh, time span, but I, I just like, don't. I don't like these one-sided partisan no, tricks. No, also, so yeah, like, like what you this leave is. out the fact that like a Mueller removed these people the moment he discovered these texts. So he's he's been, been above board with everything he's done. Right, like he didn't know about it the moment he realized it. He got rid of them. Yeah, which I cannot say the same thing for the Trump administration. No, the moment they realize it, they wait until news breaks and then they get rid of people. Right, until they're asked questions and have to refile yeah. paperwork for the sixth time. And that's my major problem. Is like if you're gonna be mad about it just be mad about it when your own party does it right you know it's all i ask yeah um <coughs> so so it's interesting to it'll be interesting to see how this plays out i know that i'm i'm sure that the democratic um memo will be released with you, it but the, I, but i agree with the npr's take on this that like this is, or at least not the npr's take i'm sorry the democrats take um that the that was Mitch's point. Had he been on to yes. one in the same, it. Um, but I agree that this what that this is a way to set the narrative. The fact that their memo got held up is a way for Republicans to throw shade for a week, and then it's kind of like it's the whole argument about fake news, right? Like we've yeah. talked over and over again on the show about how when sources get it wrong, and then they retract it later. It doesn't matter because you only saw the original thing. Like yeah. you, you get uh, a page one headline, page four retraction. Right. You get a million views on the first story, and you get like thirty five hundred on the second. Yeah. You know the narrative is set then. And most times nowadays, you almost don't even get a retraction. You get more like they fix the article and then just put a little update at the bottom. Yeah. 
yeah, hey, by the way, we were wrong a couple yeah, days ago just, if you read this. So my question is, like, because we, we saw um, members of Congress re- vote to release the memo and vote not to release the Democratic memo, which they have the right to do. The other person that can release it is Trump himself. Right. The president has the power to declassify anything. Yeah. So he also has the power to declassify the FBI documents that Nunes is referring to. Right. So wouldn't you think at some point there would be a push to be like, hey, man, if there legitimately is – Something you have the power to overwrite the DOJ and the FBI and I release think, everything untracked. I also think, though, unretracted with, but because Mueller is you, and we would actually have to probably ask a lawyer this question. But because Mueller is using that information, if it was declassified now, would it be usable still? I don't know if it would. No, that's interesting. Yeah, because it would now be thrown out of court in, right. at that point. So like that could be looked at but then, as that also undermining be, the... Yeah, as an obstruction of justice. Right. Do you believe this is a precursor to him trying to remove um, Mueller? I think... I still think that removing Mueller is a death sentence for for him politically. Yeah, and like, if you I, believe the rumors it's been reported recently that he had been because people telling like, people that he wanted to remove I, Mueller. Oh, yeah. I, absolu- I absolutely I, believe that he said that. Like, that absolutely think... And we had talked about that last week, that, like, I don't think... I don't think because he didn't do it that it's enough to call that obstruction of justice, but I do. I absolutely believe that he had talked to people about doing it. I still think that his lawyers would tell him, dude, if you try to remove him now, then like because people like Lindsey Graham, people like John McCain, people like and. Consider, I, I think Republicans would turn on you at that point. I think they, they, would, they would, too. would have to. They would have to. Yeah, especially at this point near the midterms. If they swept the midterms and then afterwards, they might be a little more willing to try to. But I don't know. Even then, like the only other time we've seen this was with Nixon, and yeah. just, that's too much of an association with people. Yeah, I don't think so. I also think too that while this memo might have done a little bit better for the um, for the Republicans in. As far as uh, having like something to combat, the... well, for the midterms, oh, go yeah. that like consider too that like almost every Republican in the House is not really, but a lot of Republicans, forty plus Republicans, are like, hey, by the way, we're done with politics. Yeah, I don't they know are, if they got jobs at Fox or I don't know, I've read a couple reports about why is there this mass exodus, and some of it's retirement. And some of these people are really old, and it's just coincidence, but. When you look at the numbers compared to any other president, it looks bad. Like, there there does seem to be a lot of people just leaving. I just don't think that that necessarily is going to play well for them. So In the long term, you mean? Like, well, in, for the for the midterms themselves. Yeah. At like, least now, like, I will say the polling has gotten them. Uh, Republicans are projected within, like, five points now. The Democratic lead is five points, which I think is... It has been like ten plus. So, yeah. And then I know Trump went up, like, a point in approval rating. So it does seem to have some... Right, and I Moder- you know like immediate yeah. Positivity. I just have a feeling that that, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my feeling's wrong, but I do have this like gut feeling that Republicans are going to go into the midterms thinking we got this everything, and then be really surprised on the other side of it. Like I don't know that like I'm not I'm still not you know we we always mention it throughout over the course of the months that we've been doing it, whatever, um, the blue wave scenario. And I I still don't know that I'm comfortable enough to go there and say that Dems come in and sweep it, but I think that there are going to be a lot more races where people were like, we've got this one tied up, and there will be like these little, like, in like 
rural areas in conservative places where things are going to flip just because Democrats are we we've talked about it over and over again. Democrats are energized and I think that there are going to be some surprises and, and I think especially yeah. with this with the exodus that's happening. I think that it it's not unrealistic to believe that yeah, I mean, I, I understand why people are predicting it. Like, that seems like a smart prediction based on the numbers. Right. It is, I mean, like most elections nowadays, way too close to call, it seems. Like, we're having a lot of nail biters. Yeah. So, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, at the end of the day, do you think, like, I, I think that we're probably both on the same page here, but I'll still put you on the spot here. Um, do you think that this memo means anything in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's a way to discredit Mueller. I don't know if it's going to be effective um, because you can see the public opinion on it even is that, the, you know, more than half the country thinks that Trump did something illegal right. in regards to Russia. So, I mean, I think it might play well to their base, the 30, 40 percent of their base. But, yeah, I don't I mean, I, it's the, you know, I don't think it's going to. I've, stop the investigation. Right. I don't think so either. I think that the investigation moves on. It'll be a way that it'll be a way for if anything comes out of the investigation to paint the results. Yeah. A, yeah. And, and to go, well, this was bullshit. In the and, first you know, place. the timing of this is interesting that this is all coming out after, you know, the four indictments and then them talking to a couple of key people, Bannon and, uh, right. you know, who else did they talked to recently that was a big name? Manif- uh, or no. Um, Kushner spoke to them, I believe, right? Or was it Trump Jr.? I, I don't. I think Trump Jr. is scheduled to. I don't know if he has yet. But Yeah, but it, it did come out after, like, it looked like there were all these reports that Mueller's gaining steam in his investigation and all of a sudden we have this convenient memo, like, well, and it timing-wise. Was, right, like, they've been talking about Trump talking for the last two or three weeks so you know now this is well that's because he said he would right so but i'm just saying i i agree with you i think that the the memo even is more convenient in when yeah you know because mitch's argument for the last few times that we've had the conversation is i think this is coming to a close i think it's coming to a close well if it is if if it is the case that trump would be the last person that would be interviewed by Mueller, then this works out perfect because now a you've given him a reason that he doesn't have to talk because this is all bullshit anyway. Here's an issue too: why when Trump tweets that this vindicates vindicates Trump, why a third person? Why is he talking about himself <laughs> in third person? And b why the quotations on Trump like as if that's well, who you really aren't? <laughs> um, and he's done this before the the random quotations of words that like. Don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're Doctor Evil. So I, I don't know. It's just it was that, but this doesn't. But that anyway. That's that's his sentiment is that this vindicates vindicates him. So there's no reason then for him to testify with or to talk to Mueller. Yeah. I don't know that that's going to work. He still may be subpoenaed. He's no, probably... and again, the polls, a majority of the people want to see him testify. Right. Because, again, every other president has been called to testify, and they've done right. it. They're like, you know, he so, can get away with not releasing his tax returns, but there's a limit to how far we'll allow him to push the rules. Right. I, I think at the end of the day, though, the Russia investigation moves on. I don't think anything will be impeded because if they do, I do think if they use this as an excuse to not talk to Mueller, they'll just subpoena them. He'll yeah. subpoena him in front of a grand jury and be like, fine, you don't want to talk to me? We'll take it to we'll, the court. We'll take yeah. it here. I, just, I don't oath. know that this is going to wrap up that soon. I mean, it, maybe it would. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know a lot about the law, but it just seems to me that's way yeah. too quick for something the other this thing, big to wrap the up. The other thing, too, that e- while the – even if 
even if everything in the memo is exactly the way that Republicans want it to be in reality, um, even if so, we'll just go down hypothetical highway for a minute and say the whole Russia thing is bullshit and it's all a big witch hunt and whatever. Even so, they found crimes. So while you can say that should should this investigation have ever taken place, that's a conversation on its own. Are there crimes? Yes. Do, should people pay for their crimes? Yes. Um, you know, and I'm not going to buy Mitch's whole, like, well, they knocked on your door for one thing and then they found you fucking penguins. And like, <laughs> so now you apparently there's a fucking penguins law. Um, you know, I don't, I don't remember which animal you yeah. fucked that time, but that was it. There also is like, and I even kind of agree with the core sentiment of the, um, the Nunes memo, at least that like, the FBI has like grant powers to essentially wiretap anybody, mm-hmm. but this is again they just renewed the uh, the like the uh, section seven hundred two the uh, like untapped right. powers that we've had since the Patriot Act right. since nine eleven. Which it, it was funny. so it's funny for them to like say we need it and then complain about the consequences of it. Right. Well, and they said too that had this memo released, I think I, we talked about it last week, but had the memo released before. Um, before that vote, that vote would not have gone that way. Yeah, like, it they would have voted it down. Um, well, there would have been more pressure at least to vote it down, right? Because it would have been seen as. But yeah, since it, it got no news coverage, right? No one is talking so, about that. Anyway, I'm calling bullshit on Devin Nunez, who should not even have, who should not even be part of this thing that he recused himself from. The the well, entire, but if you think you're being accurate, then vote to release the Democratic one too, right? Like, at least have or again, I don't again, I don't know the legal statutes or whatever but like re- like I'm not going to be satisfied here until I know what the missing pieces are so even yeah, what, because, what they're referencing <laughs> because the play here is that Republicans are going to charge the FBI and the DOJ and the State Department with a bunch of accusations that the that the evidence is classified so they can't respond to they can't come out and be like no here's why we had um, we had reason to continue FISA warrants on Carter yeah, Page or whatever because it's an ongoing yeah. investigation they can't come out and say anything that's the play here and that's why I wonder if there is anything or even by the the where we stand on is firing James Comey uh, obstruction of justice is this memo obstruction of justice is this now again you you're right you have to you have to prove intent but common sense would tell you that the guy who if, if jumped up a, in the fifth hour of the investigation and ran to the White House, and then as a result, air quotes, real ones, Trump recused himself from the investigation, then, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. common sense tells me, like, don't trust that guy. That guy looks like a weasel. That guy looks like a less greasy Ted Cruz. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. And, to be honest, I think this, it's like, where I think where Devin Nunez's heart is is in his book tour after Congress. Like that's what this is about, right? That after he's done being the shitty rat face bastard that he is, then he'll just go be a shitty rat face bastard with a book. book. <laughs> <laughs> you know. We have created 2.4 million new jobs. 
including. After years and years of wage stagnation, we are finally seeing rising wages. This, in fact, is our new American moment. My duty and the sacred duty of every elected official in this chamber is to defend Americans, to protect their safety, their families, their communities, and their right to the American dream. Because Americans are dreamers, too. Under the current broken system, a single immigrant can bring in virtually unlimited numbers of distant relatives. Under our plan, we focus on the immediate family by limiting sponsorships to spouses and minor children. Today, I'm keeping another promise. I just signed, prior to walking in, an order directing Secretary Mattis to keep open the detention facilities in Guantanamo Bay. The people dreamed this country. The people built this country. And it's the people who are making America great again. Alrighty, so now that we've got memos out of the way, um, we'll take a take a minute to let Mitch transport back in from Comic Con and hit hit this middle segment um, pew, pew, with pew, us. Pew, pew. <laughs> so, um, what are what are as I mentioned at the top of the show? What our original plan was was to start the show with this segment the state of the union segment um didn't really realize what the what the other story was going to turn into i mean we did but at the same time like this is what i thought was going to be the big story of the week and it became easily forgettable um which is weird because anytime it's good they don't want to talk about it well i mean talk about the bad shit how do you forget about something that was viewed by more people than any other in history? Like, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the the State of the Union happened. Um, I, I admittedly, I've only seen the Cliff Notes version of the State of the Union address because I watched it with my one year old, and as you can imagine, like there were times where I didn't know if timothy was talking or if it was the president and i was just like it was a confusing it was a confusing ordeal so um but anyway so that happened this week and i think do you have an article frank that kind of highlights some of it well yeah so um the uh i guess the key of the speech um it's kind of what he's been playing off the whole time kind of that america first um right yeah so he also he he focused a lot on uh immigration infrastructure he laid out his plan that or kind of laid out his plan he wanted to do it he talked briefly about the opioid epidemic which was like maybe two seconds and then he just went on to a story about a cop being heroic um 
Well, right. we, we saw that before with uh, he, yeah, the but this joint, one, the joint. This one, uh, don't you agree that this one was kind of over the top? Like he brought, like we do see it a lot. I agree with you. Obama did it. He brought dreamers up there. He brought, you know, whatever, and they do those personal stories. And we've talked about them over the course of the year that we've been talking. Um, that that you know they always use basically people as props but this right. speech seemed to have like 78 of them and it wasn't like a minute, as, i thought it was about the same was it like five, five uh, yeah I mean, I mean i don't know i know. I, I typically think I, every but, speech has too many of those moments those you know get up and clap moments i like them i mean as long as it's not political it was, it was, i don't think you know what I mean? man I, I don't think five is right, though, because if you think yeah. about it, there was like I can think of at least like five military people that were mentioned and their stories. And then yeah, the, well, the guy the, who the, there was the military the, guy who saved his buddy by giving by opening up his airway. There was mm-hmm. the uh, North Korean that escaped. There was the uh, family that adopted the child. Yeah. And I have, I have a pro- um, I have a problem there, with that one. Really? I don't. I don't have a problem with them <laughs> adopting. I don't have a problem with them adopting the child. But he brought that up during the uh, when he was talking about the opioid epidemic. You know, the, he comes across well, that, was that young what mother. The parents' mom was doing. What's that? Yeah, yeah. But it just the kid's mom was like overdosing. Yeah, her. but what the but you know he said you know a cop came across this woman who's about to shoot up. She's pregnant. Uh, he says don't do that, and she tells him he has she has nowhere to turn. And he's like, well, then me and my wife will adopt the baby. And everyone cheers and stands up and mm-hmm. claps. And then he comments on how brave this cop is and i'm not denying that but what it isn't brought up is the woman who is suffering from opioid addiction the problem that's grappling america yeah, we all now. just kind of assumed she they don't well, they don't bring up the yeah, fact that like is she, she re- kept doing it yeah is she in rehab <laughs> is she dead like is she trying to get her child back also i don't like i don't know it's Probably a little weird not. i was telling brandon when you have a cop who catches someone with an illegal drug and then is like why don't you give me your child that it just I don't know. It, it feels like there's almost could have been pressure there. <laughs> I feel like it's probably a little more intricate than just give me your kid. I mean, it probably very much was. I'm not. I'm not denying that. I just thought it was a weird thing to like bring up the opioid epidemic and then just like the only not the talk only about the woman I, suffering from it. The only thing uh, that I thought was weird about the whole thing was just and what I meant by it. it here's the thing too. They probably. And I know other presidents have done it. I can remember Obama doing it. I just felt like, as far as props go, there wasn't just the the multiple military people and the cops and the parents from Chicago and whatever. Which yeah, I'll get. I didn't have an issue with with the with the same um, like the same one that Frank just mentioned. I had more of a problem with the way that that one was handled. But it, my point about the I don't whole know what thing. You guys are talking about was that he he did over and over again he like he used senators as props too like oh this person stand up this person stand up and at by the end of the 80 minutes it was just like wow do you like how many names did he just mention like we need a credits list at the end of the state of the union yeah, i think you guys and- are severely <laughs> nitpicking here <laughs> This is no, it, no. I, I mean, it's not. It wasn't something. It wasn't something that ruined the speech. It was something though that was 
like more noticeable I felt than normal years. What I yeah. thought about this speech though was that it was predictable and somewhat boring. It was it, we knew exactly but we knew going into it that it was going to be economy 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 like that well, that's fine but it's yeah, and expected. He, and he he really, really hit five only key the first points. 30 minutes was economy. Yeah. I mean he yeah. he hit five points. He had immigration, trade, infrastructure, national security and tax reform. And but, but it is like yeah. one of the so longest obviously when it, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, when it came to the economy, he opened with that because that's a good fucking opener. <laughs> yeah, it just is. Like when you know that the shit's going well, you you start with that, and uh, you know right off the bat we saw the the usual suspects. Chuck Schumer looked like he wanted to murder everybody. They all so did, did. Uh, <laughs> like all the Democrats well, yeah. did, but that's expected. I mean, what's that's... going? Can we just take a pause here for a minute and just ask what the fuck's going on with Cory Booker? What is happening? I'm just I, watching this guy that I used to like, and every time I look at him now, he looks like he's trying to become the Hulk, and it's not yeah. working. And I actually just, think I actually think I said the same thing in the last episode. I we shot yeah. it a couple of days ago, <laughs> but I, but yeah, I mean, I feel kind of the the same way that Cory Booker was somebody that I always liked on policy, and that I always I just liked the way that he carried himself, and now. Yeah. I think that he's trying to appeal to the far left of the base, and I don't think the far left makes up enough of the party to try to solely rely on that. We saw that with the I don't know. Hillary sh- Clinton made that mistake. We saw it with she the shutdown. The far left. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You, you look at you that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but Trump had enough of the base to win. You know, you can you can if you can appeal to a select number Trump of Trump had Putin. We've established oh. it. <laughs> it's not even... No. No, we haven't. Anyway, just leaving that to, you know, sit in the air like the stale fart that it is. We, we look at Trump had independence. So he didn't just have the base. He had people who thought I trust him more than Hillary Clinton, which is, you know, say whatever you want about Hillary Clinton. And that's not saying much about Donald Trump. You know, it's comparing a turd to a diarrhea turd. They both suck. Like you know what I mean? But yeah. independence went for him at a higher rate, and that's what the Democrat is going to have to do as well. They can't win Independent with their Russia base. bots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See how they, many of those I can way. get in this segment. Yeah. Whoever so, the candidate is, is and yeah. we know Donald Trump is, they're going to have to appeal to a broader than just the base. Donald Trump sucks at that. Yeah. Hillary Clinton was worse. So, so whoever is going to be the person, we'll find out. So uh, getting back to Cory Booker, though, no, yeah, that, he's weird. <laughs> getting back to his uh, speech, though, um, I was a little surprised with how unsurprising it was. Like that he stuck to stuck to the script so much. Like that's wasn't that a little shocking? Did you not expect there to be like one moment no. for him to like rip off and kind of improv as he usually does? No, I, I do I'm, think I watch I'm, all of his speeches, and he gives very good speeches when he's on the teleprompter, and it and. So to me, it wasn't surprising at all. I knew, and I remember everyone that I was talking to going into it was like, "I wonder what Trump's going to say." I'm like, "He's not going to do anything, guys. Like seriously, he's going to no, stick to the, the script." No, the one thing, the one thing I did have an issue with, and it came back to that the what we were talking about a second ago was when he used the, um, but he used the African American families from Chicago whose daughters were shot, and he seemingly I know that he didn't and I know that the intent I honestly believe that the intent wasn't there um and if it was it was subtle because I'm like I'm that's not why I have an issue with it but he likened or seemingly likened 
MS-13 gang members to DACA recipients. And, like, I, I did catch that. <laughs> and I, Yeah, in that statement where he uh, talks about... when In that statement where he talks about their... The, that they got hit with stray bullets or whatever in gang violence. He goes on to say, I, I don't know how you don't remember this, the Democrats booed. Um, he goes on to say that the... Um, that, they were just booing because no, he said that the like he said that. that the MS-13 gang members got into the country through programs like and then didn't say DACA but described DACA, oh. and it was something that I that I noticed immediately. It was like, wait a minute, you you just said gang members and DACA yeah. basically. Well, we know and, for a fact that some of them did. I mean, it's not to say all DACA recipients are gang members, but some of them have abused. No, the system but and come it's in like it's that whole thing where like Trump people are playing the well. He didn't say that all Mexicans were rapists and drug dealers. No, but he did <laughs> to appease the base. Like he did. Yeah, if, if the if the statement is some MS MS thirteen members have abused this program. The statement is in, one thing. Right. The sentiment is another. So, okay, well, you can imagine all the sentiments you want and to get upset about. And so can but. you. You can imagine that racism <laughs> isn't real and that he doesn't use it, but he does. That, that's fine. But I, it, I heard him say that, and it sounded legit. So I don't know. I heard there them was through. A, I just figured they were being buttheads about, oh, he's brought up crime. No, oh, no. They, no, they caught the same comparison that I did. So, yeah. you know, that that was the issue that I had with with that just with the way he handled it like if he had left out that if he had said like uh gang members are bad that's why we need a wall okay like whatever you just <laughs> shouted out you you threw a bone to your base and like you didn't make yeah. it seem like the people that were fighting over protecting well, right now were gang members like that's what yeah. he did but again so. you, it, he did the political play which is saying he did the same thing with um uh with the terrorist because the immigration system because of those terrorist attacks that happened because of chain migration. He was like, see, look, it's all of them. And of course it's not true. We're not all one Pedro. It's not true. (laughs) One person doesn't make the damn, you know, we have to make that a shirt. (laughs) I don't know if that borderline's racist, but if you, if you go back to like episode one or three or whenever it was like, it's totally like that. I love that. That is a reference that has been brought up for a year. Um, <laughs> that that should be on a shirt. Don't worry, I'm Mexican, so I'm allowed to say it. If, if anyone gets <laughs> mad at me, I'll just be like, I'm brown. What are you going to do? You can't hate me. I mean, we it's have evidence. We have recorded evidence of your green card on the show. So That's true. Exactly. So deal with that, whiteies. <laughs> <laughs> he said crackers. I heard him say crackers. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can no, say that, part that because I... I'm white. <laughs> The other part I loved about his speech, which, first off, I'm just going to put it out there. I loved the speech. I thought it was great. Um, the other two moments that really laid out to me was when he went in to the immigration plan and really was like, I'm good. That's what made me so mad whenever I watched that Trevor, Trevor Noia, whatever his name is, um, his thing. And he was like, what really makes people upset was... He doesn't. He didn't go into any policy. I was like, "Are you fucking high?" He went through in depth his policy. He did that, and he did um, what was it? It was the immigration and the infrastructure. He was like, "Here's my fucking plan." So well, the infrastructure plan is that, that he called out. The infrastructure plan is like we're somehow going to come up with a billion dollars to pay for this. It's not much of a plan yet. It's like we're going to really hope no, the private sector Sanders picks plan. it up. His plan is two hundred million. 
That's the difference. Yeah, Bernie Sanders is I want to spend a billion dollars. Is it? I thought his plan was I want. Well, he what? also said while he was doing while he was talking infrastructure that it, it took a year to build the Empire State Building. Isn't it a shame that it takes ten years to get a permit to build a road? And I was like, wait a minute, are we compare like building to road somewhere? You detoured and thought there. Um, <laughs> um, the idea know. is construction. The Empire that, that used to be, yeah, that there used to not be so many regulations holding back. Construction. I, I get what project. I get what the idea was. It was like you could have just used another building as your yeah. example. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why we had to change. Fun, like, uh, fun fact: weird. the Empire State like, Man, the price also... of the price of tea used to be cheaper. Isn't it a shame that milk is so expensive? <laughs> what? That's um, right. I'm just saying it's a damn shame. Goddamn crying shame. <laughs> Go on. No, I love that he called out Democrats and. Um, Really, you know, was just like, this is something you guys have been fighting for. Stand up, clap. And it's, <laughs> oh, there were so many good moments there where you watch them where, like, Democrats start to clap and then they look around and realize no one else is and immediately stop. <laughs> like, oh, shit, sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to be real for a moment. Yeah. So I, that shit bugged the fuck out of me. And it, I know it was supposed to. And, you know, Republicans on the other side, they clapped about everything. Yeah, he could have just gotten up and been like, I took a big dookie. It was <laughs> yeah, great. I know. And they would have just stood up and, and yeah. you know, they Paul were, Ryan would have looked longingly they were at legitimately, him. From... They were, like, legitimately giving him the rhetorical blowjob. Although, I think <laughs> that they were giving themselves the rhetorical blowjob. Because yeah. they were only clapping. Like, they were clapping because they were succeeding as a party. Not because they give right. a shit about Donald Trump. So, Right. He's just a means, to, uh, you know. Means, means to, an end, to an end. So, anyway, but I don't know. I, I thought it was great. I thought the Democrats needed to clap and stand up more, and Nancy Pelosi was sucking her teeth, which was fucking weird. I mean, and but this happens every fucking, state of the union. You know, go back and look at Obama's and Republicans and the Tea Party, you know, not doing it. It's, right. You know, like, Screaming, sh- you lie. shocks me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, yeah. It nobody yelled it, at it, this one. Yeah, it's a little bit weird, though, whenever, because Donald Trump was, in my opinion, reaching out with a lot of olive branches. Like, he brought up a lot of shit that this is stuff that Democrats should be excited for. He didn't stand up and be like, we're repealing Obamacare. Yeah, boo. Yeah, we No, he said they already did, which was great, because they didn't. That's, um, I know, so. they didn't. Well, they, they kind <laughs> of did. They were, they essentially repealed it with the tax plan that got rid of the mandate. That's not that repealing it, though. I love that is you. not repealing it. The the, no, it's not, but it ki- it's basically killing the part that everyone hated about it. Okay, was, but that but to say the, then we dismantled Obamacare. No, you didn't. Obamacare, everyone stole his health care. You took off one thing that people didn't like I mean, about it. If anything, was, you strengthened Obamacare. Fair, that was the heart of it. To be fair to Donald Trump, though, he did, like, well, to be fair to Donald Trump's speech writer, he, like, he that was a very carefully worded Ooh. statement, and... He said he almost said that we repealed Obamacare, but he but he stopped himself like you could you could tell that he had like the thought. He was like, we repealed the core part of Obamacare, (laughs) the mandate. Like, so he did. He did elaborate and they did do that. Um, They did. Yeah. So that's what happened. but later, after the fact, he's been talking about it like he repealed Obamacare. I was like, well, no, you didn't. You're just making up accomplishments now. <laughs> my, my, one of my favorite – these are pet peeves that Mitch can just get mad at me about. Um, but one of my favorite 
parts of the thing because again I when I sat down and watched like the substance of it was whatever it was exactly what I expected it to be I didn't expect him to get oh, off script yeah, we're doing good just whatever but the doing. but but there were little things and one of my favorites was when he said so I've instructed uh, General Mathis who's doing a great job um, to look into whether we should keep Gitmo open or not. Like, well, first of all, I'm pretty sure that decision has been made because one guy decided <laughs> to close it and it didn't happen. And right. secondly, now, like, I guarantee you three weeks from now, he's going to be like, it was me. We kept it open and it was great. <laughs> it's like, well, what the fuck? You're just, you're taking credit for things that right. exist now. He called like, me and I said, Barry, don't do it. Just leave it open. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, that's not going to happen. I kept seeing as soon as that he gave that line, I was looking online and a bunch of Democrats were like, "Close Guantanamo." I'm like, "Dude, it's not going to happen." It's Obama not going to happen. Very, yeah, he really wanted to do it, and then he became president. And was like, "Oh shit, we need that, that was that and was like, a big, <laughs> that was a really big like people forget because Obama had eight years of a presidency in yeah. between, but in '08, that was a big selling point. That was something that, that was we talked about. Point. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so that's one of the things that actually soured that. me on Obama. I was very big into him and right. then watched for eight years as he refused to close Gitmo. I I trusted him. Like, that was the same thing whenever he said we needed to stay in Afghanistan. I trusted him because I knew that he really, really – and I don't, I didn't like him as a president per se. But whenever I knew this guy wanted to do these two things, and if he comes out and is willing to say, no, we need to keep doing them, I trusted him that he was making the right call. And I still think it's the right call. So, yeah. again, sorry, liberals. It's not going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, I think we need those. The other thing that you can just get pissed off at me about that I... But it, I'm already pissed off. Watching... I know. That's fine. It's like a perpetual <laughs> state. It's a perpetual state of... Um, I started listening to NPR, and I'm angry-facing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny, though, is I totally realized, again, and I've realized it before. I've said it on this show before, but... I, again, had another moment where the camera flashed to Melania, and I was like, I totally understand why people don't like you. Like, I totally understand <laughs> it. For the same reason that people... the resting does, bitch face? No, for the same people that... Or for the same reason that people don't like Assad's wife. She's that person. Like, she's that... Like, you look at her, you're like, I bet you are not... Like, you're out of touch. Like, you don't... Yeah, you she don't is a little it. let them eat cake. Like, I know she's a nice person and all that, but she does come off as high society. When she was, yeah, and when she was sitting wrong there. with that. It's just it's not very likable in the time of high income inequality. It's just no. not a very likable trait. When she was Sorry. sitting there next to, she was sitting next to the police officer who, like, adopted the baby. And then on her other side, there was, like, a kid that got mentioned. Um, yeah, he put and, the flags up in the on all the graves. Right. And um, and it was that scene where she was where she stood up next to the kid where I was like, yeah, I get it. Like you're the person whose husband not like I'm I'm not drawing a comparison to Assad here, but like in the same in the same way that Assad (laughs) murdered a bunch of people and his wife was like, where am I going shopping today? Like that's how I was asked about Harry Potter, by the way. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, um, I don't remember that. It was like, oh, Assad's gassing people, and she, her text messages were like, "Have you seen the new Harry Potter? Come on over." <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it was. It's like, oh that, fuck, you're messed that, up. 
That's how I imagine Melania is too. Like I, like I imagine prob- her just crying. Prob- <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. We didn't want this. We didn't want this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I gotta be honest. That's just every time I look at her, I'm like, you've probably spent like seven hours crying today. You, like, you know, the divorce is still coming. Oh, it is. As soon as he's he's out of office, you know, the, they might. You- they might wait a year to save face, like, but like she, yeah. I, I don't know if she goes all Uma Abedin on it, but like I, I don't think she will. I think she's she'll. I mean, come on, he's what seventy one. She's just gonna wait for eats. him to die. You know, they signed a prenup yeah. though. What does she gain out of that? Just leave. Probably did. Just the name. <laughs> she used to keep the name. You know, he after he after he dies, his lawyers will sue her, and his estate will get her money. <laughs> so this is a lot of conjecture that we're going I don't know. here. Don't pay attention to it. Trump doesn't have the best <laughs> record in court, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he's had a lot of time in court, but he has. He's losses. got a lot of time in court. That's a something. Yeah. That's the, that guy should yeah. be president. He's got some wins. So, unless you're a lawyer, wins, you never want that losses. to be true about yourself. <laughs> right yeah but don't worry because his lawyer writes all the bad stuff anyway so i know the fucking lawyer. um <laughs> you had anything else that you that you dug about it or whatever i mean again like i dug everything about it well I mean, we, we gotta talk about the, the north korean i mean that was incredible that was a fucking powerful story go on about him trying to get well you know the story about him trying to get out and being starving and then getting hit by the train and his, uh, you know, his relatives letting him eat the food, and then he finally gets out of that country. That was a pretty big deal. And then right after it had um, Otto's parents, you know. I bet he's not happy that North Koreans and South Koreans are playing ice hockey together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He seems pretty. He Have seems you like he did actually well for himself. Sp- speaking of that, just to because that can kind of segue into into a little tan tangent have you seen that like how south korea is receiving this this uh unification for no they're not like they're not like the people if you being interviewed like interviewing south korean citizens at least what i've seen is a lot of people being like yeah um we kind of lived our entire lives thinking that we were gonna be like burned in a fiery fucking blaze and um i don't know that (laughs) i want with the athletes uh, i don't know that i want us like yeah but like when suck it up buttercup no 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 it's no dude you can't say that it's bigger than that it's it's not about athletes like they've changed there's no south korean and north korean flag in that right it's a unification flag unified unified flag yeah and there and there's a lot of people for good reason i think that are like um fuck that a little bit so, hey man like, that's what they get they voted moon in and we, we covered yeah. it whenever moon we didn't elected we didn't in. put the unification flag on the coffins of the dead people that north korea torpedoed <laughs> last summer so you know so uh, yeah. is this would this be equivalent like hypothetical highway if uh israel and palestine were to co-host the olympics do you see it like it's got to be something? Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, obviously, there's you know a history that's missing there. It's you know forty, forty, fifty years as opposed to thousands of years, right? But you know, well, if we're I talking mean, about the real, the the new state of Israel versus Palestine. It's about the same amount of time. Um, yeah, and I think Korea so, yeah, actually. I, I don't know if it dates back thousands of years, but I believe Korea goes back hundreds of years at least. I mean, before we got into it, we've yeah, only, they did. We've only been into it since the fifties yeah, or so. The Korean War is really the big, the big, you know, that's whenever the North tried to invade and take over the South, and then we stopped them, and they sided with Russia, and South Korea sided with 
America and created Samsung and became amazing. So take that, Kim Jong Un. Did you say created but, Samsung? Yeah, man. They were like, hey, you know what would be awesome? Samsung. Let's make that. And then they did, <laughs> right. And that's how it went. And the more you know, kids. Sorry, I think that was part of a anyway. UN agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been. I'm excited though. I'm excited to see the Olympic start this Thursday. I'm super super pumped, and I am super pumped to see how this they plays don't, out if under you're li- a unified if, flag. If you're listening to this six months from now, that's not true anymore. So, you know, well, you should you, figured that out on you, your own. You without... missed out. But <laughs> but if you're listening to it from six months from now, there was no government shutdown last week either, sucker. So, right. um, <laughs> so don't worry about it. Oh, no, maybe. I thought, uh, I we we don't to... know. We don't know yet. There's no budget deals, so <laughs> that may not be true. It sounds, the word on the street, if we're going to go on that tangent real quick, is that there is absolutely no deal on the Dreamers, but that there probably isn't going to be another shutdown. I'm Neither telling you, gonna it's going to play out, man. Yeah, your it's prediction go might down to the wire in March. It's it's gonna it's gonna play out. They're not gonna sign a DACA deal, and Republicans are gonna eat it in November. I still think they'll get a deal. I think that eventually, because I don't think that Democrats want to make that play. You know, they can I, try d- to think blame about it, it dude. Much... Think, think about it. The Democrats in Congress aren't affected by DACA. They are in terms of voters, but then California. Remember them, that word, right? I understand that. Yeah, the independents heard Donald Trump stand up at the State of the Union and say, hey, do you want 1.8 million DACA recipients? I will do that for you. So if Maybe. they don't deliver, there's going to always be that soundbite saying, oh, you had a deal. You didn't take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but if there's also soundbites. Be... If, you're, if you're weighing soundbites, that's not the memorable one. Trust me. I don't know. I, Believe me. Really? Trust you? We just saw this happen, and that was the memorable one. They they blame their Democrats for not taking the deal that was in that, front of them. Well, that was memorable for like six minutes. We barely remember yeah, well, the what? government shutdown. Six minutes sh- is going to happen again. <laughs> so it's not going to be some big. What I'm telling you scenario. is when is when you're talking about sound bites to play of Donald Trump shithole is probably a little bit more memorable than not when it comes to DACA. This. It's nothing to do with DACA. No, but it has it, everything it, it, to do with DACA. It's the reason that DACA from the fell Mexican apart. side of it. I will. Yeah, well, no, I, that, that, that definitely went into it, but I don't think that's the reason why it fell apart. It fell apart because they didn't want to give, they didn't want to change chain migration. That was the real reason it fell apart. You know, it, it definitely exacerbated the situation. Him saying that, but you know, then it, clearly he expanded it. So, you know, they got what they wanted when it came to the Haitians and every other place that they wanted to expand it on. So, well, the I, mean, I think that if they if they back down from it, I think it's going to go fall back on the Democrats because they have a deal in front of them. They just have to say yes. So what do you predict, Wait. both of you, for... Wait, do they have a deal in front of them now, or are you saying that's the, the rumor is that they will have a deal soon? They have a deal in front I'm saying what Trump laid out in the State of the Union is what he's saying I will give you. And again, like he said in the State of the Union address, that is three times more than you were asking, or what President Obama had done with his executive order. I'm going to give you three times what he wanted to do, plus amnesty, well, plus a pathway to citizenship, Take it. Say yes. So, again, <laughs> they have yeah. that option in front of them. If they don't take it, then they aren't taking it. Again, it goes back to uh, whenever this whole thing was going down. They're like, the, the Republicans are stopping us. And then that one thing came out that said you know, 94% of Republicans voted yes, 92% of Democrats voted no. Who's really stopping it up? It yeah. was a no-brainer. It's going to backfire. Yeah. We'll see. 
I mean, I I tend to believe, like I still have hope, and I still believe that they will get a deal done because I think it's the smartest thing for them politically, it both is. sides for both people. Yeah. Um. So exactly. So I mean, we'll see what happens, but we are now getting. But that's closer. my prediction. My prediction is that it, they're gonna Democrats are gonna take the deal in front of them because it's a good deal. It's a good compromise. They get what they want. Trump gets what he wants. You know, they don't want to change chain migration, but let's face it, it's a it's a better system to go to a merit system. It's better for the country. I think that's the way that it should go, and I think that's the way it will go. Right. So we'll see. So what's your so as far as the State of the Union, there's that. What do you think as far as what is laid out um with on infrastructure and immigration and That's the two know, things to focus on this year. The economy, the what do you what what are your expectations both of you? for um for 2018 yeah uh go for it frank uh, i think we're gonna see infrastructure probably i don't i i probably think we will see a daca fix i don't know if it's gonna be the ones i don't know if it's gonna be that soon or if we might go through another shutdown but i definitely think we're gonna see an infrastructure bill uh, mm-hmm. raised and that'll be interesting because both sides have been touting it for so long to see how they they fight over the particulars of it, you know, how we're actually going to go about doing it and funding it. I actually read a really interesting article. I was telling Brandon this that pointed out that it, this is like one of the worst times to do infrastructure because we're at such low un- unemployment that it won't really create any more jobs. It's just going <laughs> to siphon off workers from people that are already working in other positions. So it's going to kind of create a vacuum. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it'll create a vacuum. I mean, I a little bit, but it, it won't. It that. won't create any more jobs as as it would have had we done it during the recession, or you know, when they did it during the yeah. the Great Depression. When anyone wants to be, yeah, when anyone's yeah. just looking for work, so it's, it's just like, it's hey, just interesting. Yeah, I can. Okay, yeah, it's, go. it's interesting that a great economy brings its own challenges in terms of trying to fix our roads. Yeah. You know, and having worked in the manufacturing sector myself, I can attest to that is absolutely true. That people don't want to do it. If they have other job opportunities that are not manual labor, they're going to pick them. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. that's just the bottom line. I well, mean, then people, you know, yeah, and, and then if you're if you're having to compete with commercial jobs, then the price goes up, and then you're getting less bang for your buck when you're doing infrastructure jobs. You know, yeah. so I, I do see a lot of problems, to, and they're going to fight over the actual details of the bill once we see it. I'm sure. Yeah, there's and one. Obviously, wages are going up, so yeah. that's going to create more overhead. There is and, a there is know. an infrastructure bill floating around that. I, isn't I don't know. It, it seems like it's it was at there's one no point details. Yeah, but I, but it hasn't been officially yeah. published yet. Yeah, there's lofty ideas. I know D- uh, Bernie Sanders wants to spend a trillion dollars. That's what he wants to do. That's not what Donald Trump wants to do. He wants to give two hundred billion dollars worth of incentive to companies to fund their own projects. Yeah, but his his goal is so, for a trillion. He just only wants to fund two hundred million of it and wants to use private sector funding for the rest. Yeah. Yeah, so their, right, exactly. their goal is still Which, the same amount of money. It's just how they get there is what they're differing on. Yeah, yeah but and to be honest, I with tend you, to side I, with the two hundred billion. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say that too. Like, if I'm gonna, if I got to pick one of those, and we're because look, liberals can't have it both ways, right? Like, we can't, we can't be like big business is bad and they need to pay more taxes <laughs> but now we're we're forcing them to basically cover the uh, the remainder of the trillion dollars from 200 million like yeah. seems like a good trade off for liberals like i 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I would the one. I would. I would take the. I would take the privately projects. the privately funded trillion dollar spent over the the publicly funded trillion. Yeah, the dollars. way I the way I look at it is like if you were really wanting to remodel your house, but you didn't have the money for it, and then the government came in and was like, well, if you hire five people to do it and employ them, we'll give you the rest of the money to do it. And you're like, okay, well, shit, okay, I'll throw in twenty thousand of my own money, and then I'll do sixty thousand of your money, and I'll get it done and end up paying these dudes. I like that idea more than just because again, I don't trust government when it comes to money. They just tend to throw money at themselves and the foremen's are going to get paid and the contractors are going to get paid (laughs) and it's going to balloon. You know, the project's going to be, you know, past schedule and, you know, way out of budget, and it's just going to be like, oh, business as usual. Here and that's what I'm. That's what I'm worried about with this. Burn, infra- burn it. And that's what I'm w- looking for with this infrastructure bill is uh, what are the opportunities for people to abuse it and lean it to their, yeah. you know, there's yeah. always opportunity. Anytime there's money, man. Yeah, especially this much <laughs> yeah, money to be made, it's going to be a new, you know, gold rush yeah. with these people. So I, I want to say that I am extremely optimistic about this year. I think that um, I think. We're gonna get. I think we're gonna get everything done. The two things that we want to get done, at least. I think that um, when it comes to infrastructure, I think we're gonna really actually work bipartisan. The only one that I think is that could throw a wrench in the whole thing is Bernie Sanders. So I, I really am interested to see how that is. If he's gonna derail it because he's a fucking dickhead, or if he's gonna just go with the flow and be like, "Hey, let's get something out of it," or if he's gonna be like Hillary Clinton, "No, twelve dollars an hour is not enough." Fuck you, and just fucking steamroll it into oblivion. Right. So we'll see when it comes to that, but hopefully he's not going to do that. You um, think they get? And I am hopeful. You think they get immigration done? I do. I do think they get. I think it comes down to the wire, but I think they get it done, and I think the Democrats will fold. That's what I. That's my prediction. My predictions are. Uh, <sighs> I think they will get DACA done before the end of 2018. I'm not 100% convinced that they will get a deal done before the March deadline. Or, And I especially don't think, given that our next episode will come out after the promised date of February 8th um, that Mitch McConnell gave to <laughs> Chuck Schumer, I don't see anything getting being done before before no. the next episode I, comes I don't, out. Um, I don't see another shutdown either. I think they're going to just pass another kick the can down the road deal. I think they will too, which is going to which is going to piss off both or all all Democrats, independents yeah. and Republicans. It actually doesn't piss me off. I think it makes sense because I, I don't think that they're there yet. I think the deadline needs to be closer for the pressure to be on both sides like we need to do this. So I don't think it's worth shutting the government down whenever they're not ready to make the deal. Predictions for time. 2018, though, I think that Democrats are going to take the House. I cannot and see I, that happen. And I, and, and I don't care. Like I don't care the. Um, I I don't see the Senate because I just don't think the numbers are there. I think there are more Democratic seats up in the Senate than there are Republicans, so the odds are just in favor of the the blue wave. Right, blue wave comes crashing down. But I. Um, but I think there's like there's a freaking lot of Republicans also, that are just not running. 
Um, well, it's it, all the shitty ones that we wanted out anyway. The problem is the shitty Democrat stayed. <laughs> right. But, oh. but here's, the pro- here's the problem, <laughs> well, too. That's you, true. You got a bunch of shitty Republicans leaving, and you got a Democratic base that's energized as shit, and they're going to be yeah. until Donald Trump isn't president. So I'll, I'll say this. If if they run – if um, oh, shit, I'm blanking. What was the uh, – You would. Uh, the, the first transgender uh, that ran in Virginia, what was her name? I can't remember her name either. I know I, I remember either. the story. Yeah, if they run, if Democrats run like that, they have a chance of taking the House. If they just just overwhelm the system with a bunch of identity politics where it's, I'm the first Polynesian half Mexican with one um, eyeball. Yeah. Vote for me because you'll be on the right side of history. Like their play has been the past three cycles they will lose because no one gives a shit and they shouldn't give a shit. You should run a good campaign. That's what you should give a shit about. Her name is, uh, her name is Danica Roem, by the way. Yeah. That was, that was was bugging me. Again, that irritated me. I know. (laughs) Irritated me so much with Democrats and Republicans because Republicans just ignored her and Democrats just exploited her. They just, all they wanted to talk about was the transgender and not all of her amazing ideas and the good campaign that she ran. Mm-hmm. And independents were like, I like what you're saying. I'm going to vote for you. It's like, yeah, people are going to always vote for their interests, and you got to run a good campaign. You got to put yourself out there. So, yeah. but again, I don't, I don't see that from the Democratic side, especially from the money supply side. They tend to just throw money at whoever is young and whoever is saying the most progressive shit. And that doesn't work. So, yeah, no, I we'll I don't disagree with you, but I think that there's a different dynamic that we have to take into account. In a normal political cycle, I would say yes, but I think that Trump is This is a weird one. Trump is so polarizing, especially to let's, the let's left. Let's touch on this for a second though because this is imp- this is important. After the speech, his popularity rose. He's at 42% right now. Yeah, for like 6 um, days and then the fucking memo came out. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we haven't seen that the memo is affecting the polls or not. I think that hurts uh, Republicans more than the president. And Donald Trump, dumbass, being like, Ugh, it vindicates me. Don't it does exonerates it. me. You Everyone just forget about everything. No big deal. No, that was dumb as fuck. Yeah. But regardless, this was a huge boost to his popularity, and I still give him a plus three when it comes to the polls. I just don't think that people are willing to That's say fine. that they give support it, him. Give it three days and that – but that bump will even will even itself back out. So yeah. because because we'll we can't man. help but not lie. And the second that he gets called, <laughs> and the second that he gets called by the Mueller investigation to talk, and he's like, "No, did you see the Nunes memo? Memo, I'm totally clean. Everything is great. Like he's fucked again." And so you know, whatever. Yeah. As far it, as- it depends on timing, but right now it's trending in the right direction. He needs to continue to do good things. Um, and if he, if he comes out on top on this, if Republicans and the president are on the right side of the immigration um, decision, which I think they will be, it's going to boost his numbers by 2% is my prediction. Wow. Uh, and I think that that's going to really push things close. Then you're looking at 45%, you know. We'll see. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You we'll look at the, ta- the tax win and the State of the Union and the good economy only got him up to what? Like he's at like 40% right now. No, well, if you if you plug in if you put like in all the polls, he's at like forty percent. If you plug in registered and likely voters, he's at like forty two point five percent. And again, I still give him that plus three because I can show you my goddamn paperwork from when I did the the my predictions, and I almost got every state last year on, and I that's 
the model I used, and I still think it applies. So I put him at around 45% as of approval right now. And again, I think, yeah, I think that you might be right that it still applies in, to an extent. Ah, I don't know if I'd put keep it at three though, because like I, because I feel good about three. He's turned off a lot of people, and I also think you need to adjust the. Um, Dude, how many people did he piss off during the campaign? He told a judge he couldn't do his job because he's Mexican. Right? Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not racist. I have no idea why people think he's racist. <laughs> right? It didn't fucking phase him then. Teflon Don. Yeah. So I I don't. I don't see it, but again, and I think that Democrats have not done a good job of laying out their plan. So I think that's a good switch over here to we have to talk about Joe Kennedy and the rebuttal. I'm assuming you guys watched the rebuttal. I did. I yeah. didn't. I watched. I a didn't couple either. Of I watched. Of it. I watched highlights I of it. Oh, you're kidding me! What I did. Oh man! What I did think though was uh, I did think because was the closest to the Democrats actually laying out a plan and it really wasn't yeah no they didn't really what i saw of it was a couple of clips i will say that um i tagged you guys both in that daily show bit and i thought trevor noah had a good point about how when joe kennedy started speaking spanish they kind of missed the point there like if the dreamers themselves are americans, uh, americans who have been here and they're just like you and i and like whatever like They've never known Mexico. Then it just—it just almost—it just, <laughs> just almost seemed like he was chastising them, like, yeah. um, and and it was be, also funny to me because he looked like a Kennedy giving a speech in Spanish, <laughs> like he was still moving <laughs> the way, and to, like well, his mannerisms were still very Kennedy esque. Um, oh man, Ich bin I Berliner. They're acting, huh? I was just, every Kennedy does that. Didn't uh, Ich bin ein Berliner when he spoke in German? When oh yeah, Ken- <laughs> like, I don't know what their, their stick is. Like, oh, I'll speak to him in the common tongue. They'll understand that. Yeah, dude, I got mad, and I'm gonna be honest. I, it was a snowflake moment, and I'm just gonna have to own it because it is the truth. I was, I was a little offended, and I don't know. It 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 just rubbed me the wrong way, and it really wasn't him saying things in Spanish. It was everyone's reaction to it. Like Democrats speak him. Spanish, offensive. Uh, Republican <laughs> says rapists and drug dealers. Yeah, you know what he meant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but no, like he started doing it, and you know, whatever, that's fine. But then everyone started cheering, and like they cheered like I do whenever I was watching the Super Bowl, and whenever Nick Foles threw an awesome fucking touchdown, I was like, "Fuck yeah, awesome!" Or, or the, the or the Republicans watching the State of the Union. <laughs> Cheer like that. <laughs> exactly. Like, they cheered the, like it was a play. You know what I mean? Like, he'd done yeah. a good move. See, I don't, and I've it, never it understood that. Really I don't rub me the wrong way. I don't it's understand like, it with sports. Dude, I don't nope. understand it with politics. I've never been someone to cheer on. Like, <laughs> it's not me winning, so why would I cheer? Yeah. Uh, I, I cheer. Don't, I cheer if I agree. I don't, you yeah, know, I don't share that sentiment. I, do. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. Man, I'll che- I'll cheer at a concert. I've been I guess, to wrestling but... events with you. I'm pretty sure that's not true. Like you are. No, I I, I will like boo. A, oh. Now I will boo everybody. That is that is acceptable. <laughs> I just do <laughs> not lavish. Acceptable. I don't lavish praise upon people. I find it distasteful. Right. <laughs> so nice. he, I I was doing the State of the Union drinking game as well, and it came with a a little an extra bit for the uh, the rebuttal. And, you know, there was different points, like if they bring up the Dreamers, take a drink. If they bring up, um, you know, immigration in general, take a drink. 
and it would progressively get worse. And then at the end, it was like, if they say any of these things, you have to finish your drink. And it said, if the, if the respondent starts to cry and he did it like three times, I was like, you fucker. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to finish my drink three times. Cause like, Oh man, just go back, go watch the rebuttal because I've, I've seen enough rebuttals in my life that I'm just, they're all the same. (laughs) Same thing with the state of the union. Like I always know what they're going to be. Yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the massive glob that was on his lips that was completely distracting and hilarious. Yeah. So again, I feel like I'm just saying shit and you guys don't didn't see it. But he, he claimed it was chapstick. It didn't look like chapstick. If it was chapstick, he was applying <laughs> well, it. Well, what, like, what do you think it he was? He was eating the chapstick. I don't fucking know what it was, but it was goofy looking. And it was his whole fucking lower jaw was just glistening with this shit. <laughs> Please look it up because it was hilarious. And the whole time I was just like, what the fuck is this? So <laughs> he claimed it was chapstick. Whatever. I ain't I'll, buying it. I'll have to check it out. He Like to me, I saw I only saw a couple clips of it. But to me, Joe Kennedy looks like if the Simpsons and Conan O'Brien were like the same show. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it was just weird. It was weird. Um at the end of the day, though, I didn't think Trump's speech was horrible. Like I, you know, I pick, I told no, you my it's hard to say it was horrible. I I told you my petty dislikes with it, but and I admit yeah. that they're petty, but um, I didn't think it was Tom Petty. I didn't think it was bad. Um, but it was. But I agree with Frank. It was exactly what I expected it to be. So well, I'm, apparently, you guys were talking about how surprised you were that he didn't go off script. So I don't well, know no, because I'm usually I, I didn't I did I did not say that. <laughs> the, the, I was not. <laughs> I've seen him not go off script, and I'm actually glad you brought it up again because when it was mentioned the first time, I wanted to point out that since his tax win. Since the the tax, well, I don't know if it's that. Maybe it's a little bit more recent than that. But for the last couple of weeks, the majority of his statements to the media have been very measured and a lot less Donald Trump. He just Trump called at, all of the Democrats traitors for not standing. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. He's, that happened today. He, okay, right. That's fine. Not at the point of this speech. Um, and that. So yeah, that's that's fine. He is still Donald Trump. I told you. He still says dumb shit. Wait, wait two days. <laughs> that's what fucking happens. But I mean, I had seen a lot. Or no, I guess it was the Davos trip. For after the Davos yeah. trip is really when he when he kind of like seemed to have toned it down for a week or so. And every time I saw yeah. him, well, it was very conciliatory, very you know pro business. Let's work together. Right. Those type of things. Because, again, I feel like it is kind of – I've been touting the economy for a while now, and I still will. But I do think it was a bit of a missed opportunity that – I understand that doing the, the tax reform was what is bringing the businesses back, what's bringing manufacturing back. But the problem with that is that it also gave the consumers, the average guy, some more money back. And they're spending that money. But the problem is, is we're not building anything here. So all that money is going overseas. We're, we're doing a big boon to the rest, of the, the rest of the world because that's who makes shit. So I, I wish there would have been a way that we could have brought back our manufacturing, built everything here, and then given us all the money to buy it. You know, it would have been a little better. But, yeah. you know, you can't win them all. Right. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah. I think that's uh I think that's I give it an I give it an A. Not an A plus, but an A. Solid A. Frank, you wanna grade it? 
Um, yeah, I would uh, like what's an average grade C, C plus. C. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I wasn't blown away by it. I mean, I guess I'll give him like props. I'll probably go like B minus just because he kept on track and was actually pretty. Besides calling out Democrats yeah. the next day for not you know standing or whatever, or did he call them out during the speech? <laughs> He did. He did. Lot. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I give it. I give it an E for effort, and that's just for the the namesake of the show, Devil's Advocate, right? So. <laughs> These are mandatory sanctions. They passed ninety-seven to two in the Senate. He's ignoring them. And he's not implementing them, even though they were mandatory. This is a serious national security issue. Russia hacked our elections. We sanctioned the head of their foreign intelligence. And then the Trump administration invites him to waltz through our front door. There, this is an extreme dereliction of duty by President Trump, who seems more intent on undermining the rule of law in this country than standing up to Putin. Let me briefly mention one other major area, one other major source of challenge, I think, that we are facing. And this is the effects in our society of the so-called sexual revolution. You know what I'm talking about. The 1960s, 1970s became commonplace in our culture and among our cultural elites, Hollywood and the media, to talk about, to denigrate the biblical truth about husband and wife, man and woman, to denigrate the biblical teaching about the sanctity of marriage and the sanctity of the family, the sanctity of children and the appropriate place for sexual practice and, and expression within the family, within marriage. And we're living now with the terrible after effects of this so-called revolution, which was in fact a great step backward. And one of the myths, one of those effects is a crisis in our country that goes by the name of human trafficking. Human trafficking, and more, more particularly, trafficking in sexual labor. People are willing to purchase women, young women, and treat them like commodities. Willing, there is a market for it. Why is there? Because our culture has completely lost its way. The sexual revolution has led to exploitation of women on a scale that we would never have imagined. Never have imagined. Tonight, the massive security across Minneapolis is hard to miss. More than 3,000 officers and agents from 60 law enforcement agencies. Black Hawk helicopters in the skies. Infrared cameras on the ground. The Super Bowl, a level one national security event. This is the largest public safety operation in the history of our state. A lucky 66,000 will see sports biggest spectacle in person. The cheapest ticket, a stunning $3,000. All right, now let's get into the rest of the week. So, um, in other less covered news, um, the Russian sanctions that Congress had voted Unanimous, unanimously, or to, well, close to unanimous. There, I think there were like three or four holdouts out of the hundred or so. Right, um, but but almost, almost. Yeah. Um, those so those sanctions had um, 
I guess, a deadline on him, right? Yeah. Um, to Trump had to, to be imposed. Yes. And I guess Trump now is saying that, well, saying that we're mad at him is pretty much good enough. So, yes. Right? You have a, you have a little Yeah, article. so the AP News um, is reporting the Trump administration has notified Congress that it will not impose new sanctions on Russia at this time. The State Department says it's confident that new legislation enacted last year is significantly deterring uh, Russian defense sales. Spokeswoman uh, for them uh, estimates the foreign governments have abandoned several billion dollars in planned or announced Russian purchases. Um, the decision comes amid ongoing uh, concerns from critics of the president that his administration has become too soft on Russia. Uh, investigations continue into Moscow's efforts to influence the 2016 election to help Donald Trump win. Now, and then they also had a deadline, which was around the same time. It might have been the same day that that Trump had to, you know, tell Congress whether he was signing the sanctions or not. Uh-huh. They had a deadline to release a list of um, 114 Ru- uh, Russian politicians and 96 oligarchs who have kind of flourished under Putin. Um, and that's kind of what Congress is demanding. They want the U.S. to punish Moscow for interfering in the election, and they wanted to, to do it through these powerful, wealthy businessmen right. who make a lot of money in the United States. Right, which Trump had initially said, yeah, we're going to do that after the vote. Um, you know, we he had always, he, he's always been, like, his relationship with Vladimir Putin has always been a weird one, and with Russia as far as from a personal perspective and as far as from a diplomatic perspective because he's like shame in one in one second he's like shame on you yeah they did it well we don't really know if they did it and then the but, next second is like i asked him three times and he said they did not do it, <laughs> right so. he's like but we should still be friends but we shouldn't and we should sanction them but we don't really need to because talking tough has worked like it it's a really goofy it's a roller coaster ride with how we're feeling about Russia today from Trump's own mouth. Um, yeah. So, but I, I don't know. I think as we've talked about it, how many times, you know, whether, I mean, you can take the Mitch's explanation of, well, you know, um, proxy servers and whatnot, like, okay, that's fine. Or you can take the intelligence community at their word that, there was Russian meddling, and I—that's typically where I fall on it. It's it's Ocom's razor for me. It's easier to believe that a government did this than a bunch of Russians independently all in, stood up and thought, "Hey, let's go meddle in a foreign election." Right. Um, yeah. Like I, I don't, and you know, yeah. I just there was there was some networking happening there. Yeah. So, and, and but back to your point though, like um, U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Um, kind of said that this will like they're they're claiming that this is a form of sanctions that this is still going to hurt their business to the tune of billions of dollars, and that it's a, enough of a deterrent. But mm-hmm. obviously, Congress did not feel that way, as we saw with you know ninety six people from both sides voting unanimously to right. support sanctions. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. I guess what actually ends up happening, it just does. I can see them using this de- Democrats using this as a midterm criticism to yeah. be like he's you know not only is he trying to undermine the the investigation but he's also soft on them like this is all evidence right. quote unquote I do also think though that this is a fair criticism only because he set himself up for it had he always maintained 
The problem is that he goes back and forth too much. Yeah. So had he always maintained Russia didn't do anything, like we would still be calling bullshit on that, but that would at least be his perspective. That would be where he, where he stuck, where he drew the line. Um, but he doesn't do that. He goes back and forth and says, you know, yeah, it, it, you know, I, I believe my, my people. And then in another second, he's like, well, you know, it, it, I don't think Could've so. Could have been anybody. Right. So I think that that's why it makes it a fair criticism of him. Because, you know, well, where do you stand today? And where are you going to stand tomorrow? Because it's one thing to be like, it's one thing to be mad at, Russia for something that happened last week and be like but we're cool now and then not impose sanctions and then but if you're going to turn around in a month because it's politically convenient for you and be a shame on Russia like well you had an opportunity to put sanctions on them and you didn't and your Congress told you to and yeah also what I'm not hearing (laughs) in any of the reporting this uh, included is their reasoning They, they say that oh this is essentially life sanctions well if that's the goal, then why not just put sanctions on them? Why aren't you doing this? Like, what is the reason? Is it going to hurt our relationship with them? Right. Is it going to af- adversely affect our own economy, our own ex- importing, exporting? Right. Like, I hear no excuse other than they don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the explanation for that either. And has Congress spoken on it yet? Has Congress said anything to his statements about Not it? really. Um, not so much. Uh, I mean, like, obviously Mnuchin came under fire for Democrats for— his failure to impose any sanctions in the report the Treasury released because there, I mean, it, it does seem like a lot of this came at the same time. Like Trump had a deadline, uh, the the uh, Treasury had a deadline, and they were all kind of coming at the same time. But they all kind of were on the same page about it's more or less seen by we're taking it soft on them, right? Like this is an opportunity was to impose sanctions. What, was this what Bernie Sanders also? I believe if I, I could be mistaken, someone point me out if I'm wrong. But I believe Bernie voted against the sanctions. But I don't think it was because he didn't believe they'd meddled. I thought it was more like altruistic reasons. Like he thought it would un- uh, adversely affect another country that that Russia oversees or has, does a lot of business in. I don't remember his exact reason. I got you. But I know it was like him and like three other people who were kind of more like unheard of under the radar. But he was the one that I was like kind of shocked that he yeah. wasn't on board. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. Um, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I'm surprised that it's not a bigger story. At but at the same time, I'm not surprised based on based on this week. I mean, you know, yeah. we had the State of the Union. We had the new, the new Nunez memo or whatever. I just like I. Acqu- I this is also a, see- this is a long play gambit. This is gonna right. be something. I, th- I think come November we'll start seeing ads, and then especially come 2020, if he does run, this is gonna be. Something Democrats can pull out. He refused to do sanctions, and he tried to fire the special counsel. Right. It just all adds up. I think that's what they're doing. They're hoping that, like— It's the accumulative effect. Yeah, don't overplay your hand. Right. Yeah, and, you know, that might be—I mean, that's a strategy. We'll see how it plays out for them. They still—like, the Democrats, if that is their play, and if that's what—you know, if that's kind of—if this is going to snowball into some sort of that— um, then they better find some leadership still like that is the that's the consistent complaint from me at least on the democrats since since we started doing the show is that like yeah i see some people that like okay but then like 
I also see like Cory Booker. I always like from the beginning, I I've said that Cory Booker is awesome, but now I'm starting to see him do like these plays to the far left and plays to just just different demographics of his base. And I think that what is better is a leader that that can bring all of them together. Like that's what Obama did really well. He brought the far left people and the like the, the middle Democrats, together. right? Yeah. The establishment Democrats together and behind one cause. And I don't right now, I just don't see that in the, in the democratic party, not no, someone you, to unify behind. Yeah. And you've actually seen the opposite with the, um, with them caving on the shutdown. You saw a lot of anger, you know, the hashtag Schumer sellout. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are calling for a change of the leadership. And then I believe there has been like a lot of turnover, at the DNC, I believe, haven't yeah. they lost their like a couple of their their top people? Have yeah, retired or been scandals. Yeah, so they're... maybe we will get uh, fresh blood, but it's something they do desperately need now, going into November. It's going to be interesting to see because it looks like we're we may get fresh blood on both sides with all of the Republicans stepping down that are, and you know you can't assume that Democrats are going to take all of those seats, but there will be fresh faces yeah. in those in those seats, and it'll be interesting to see kind of where the where the political climate is in 2018. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any of these uh, states flip. Like, I know there are a lot of close ones, us included, Missouri mm-hmm. being one of them, that it, it, we're kind of on the cusp of, of going blue right. or red, you know, depending on one election outcome. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. But, all right, let's jump forward into um, this week. The GOP got had a train wreck on their hands, and this one wasn't a metaphoric one like they usually are. Um, so, I guess that there was a, a little incident. It says, House Speaker Paul Ryan, this is a TMZ article, um, House Speaker Paul Ryan and several other GOP congressional leaders are caught in a train wreck, um, an Amtrak train. Oh, they stole my joke. I worked on that joke for like a week. I guess it wasn't a good one. That wasn't original. Um, <laughs> was original at the time. It was at the time. Stupid publications that actually. Although make on the plus money. side, this does mean you can get a job working at TMZ. It does. I didn't figure that was too hard anyway, though. Yes. Probably. <laughs> so, um, an Amtrak train carrying Republican members of Congress to a retreat smashed into a garbage truck Wednesday morning in Virginia. The truck was obliterated, and trash is strewn around the scene. Okay, that's cool. Thanks for the, thanks for the picture caption. Um, they did say though that there was that like the members of the GOP that like weren't injured or whatever did like get out and were like helping pull. I don't yeah. people I, like clear. The, I don't know if it was like clear the scene. They said, so, did anybody survive this? That was no, I believe the, there was only there was a, they hit a garbage truck and there was one person inside who I believe died, the driver, yeah. and who was the only person injured i believe i think there were like minor people thrown around yeah the only serious injury he the did only die the, on in the, the only thing that i thought was weird about the whole thing like and i mean i guess i don't maybe i'm just maybe i'm just thinking too far into it but i did think it was weird that like after the scene was all cleared and whatever like they went on to their retreat and then like had their thing that night and i was just like like i'm not to me, I, I don't. I think that the Democrats probably would like. I don't think that's a statement on a party or like. I'm not trying to draw a line there. I just think it's weird that like 
something like that happened, that whether anybody died or not, which there was, um, but whether anybody died or not, it like almost seems like you you could take the night off and yeah, like, like just not, push not it back. Only, like, I don't know. Out of respect, so you're not criticized, <laughs> but also just be like. You guys just almost died. Like, right. Maybe, you know. Yeah, take the night off. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Now, I don't know exactly where they were when this happened. Like, if they were so far away from Washington and home that it was just, it was more practical to get them to, to finish their, their trip. Yeah. And I'm not certainly not going to criticize them for it. I don't think it was a most No, intent. and that's not, that's not what I, like, like that's not my no, intent either, was to like criticize. The, I just, it struck me as weird that, like, but the thing went on. Like, yeah. that's, that's No, weird. I see, like, I do understand that, but I did see that when I first came across the story, it was on, like, Twitter, so it was very condensed, and it almost made it seem like people in the GOP were driving hit somebody and then just kept on going. Yeah, but, yeah. So when I read the story I was like, ah, you maybe <laughs> yeah. don't criticize them that much. That that's pure evil. Right. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting story. And it's something weird when you see the headline as you're just scrolling through daily news stories or yeah. you know, whatever. Like GOP in a train wreck. Like, wait, what? Again? Yeah, it's been not a good year. I mean last year we had the GOP shooting at the the softball, the baseball game. Right. Do we ever like I I mean I know that guy did that guy die? I don't remember. I thought he got arrested. Yeah, I believe he got arrested. If okay. I'm not mistaken. There's been a lot of shootings. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I they they do all tend to run together after a while. Yeah, well and we never really get uh we never really get a follow up to that. No, until either. someone writes a book about it. Or it becomes a TV show. Yeah, it, no one really like. I know there's stuff going on with the Vegas shooter. I think a couple more people are being charged or right. persons of interest. Maybe yeah, what they're calling them. But yeah, I don't know. Um, the uh, well, I guess that's really all I had on that. I just I just thought that was uh, the Did story. It, it was, was it definitely anybody that we know of that we've talked about, or was it? Um, that's the part of the story I didn't really re- like. Who was it? Was it like, like I think it was the majority of like, like oh, so congressmen. They, the, they were on the way to a, like a massive yeah um, retreat or a I conference. can't I can't remember, but I thought there were names that I recognize. None in this there in this team um, is not known for their their great reporting. Yeah, Just, no, not usually. So they don't have any. They, in fact, at the bottom of the story, it says story developing. This is like a six-day-old or- article now, so <laughs> like I don't know where the follow-up was, but I don't have it. So, um, but yeah, I just uh, when I saw that headline, it was like, all right, well, that's definitely worth mentioning. So, yeah, we can move on now into. We're not gonna do. We, you know, we always joke and say like, oh, now our local story of the week, and like I don't think that. We need to necessarily get into a local story every week, but I do. We don't think, go out of our way to do it, definitely. <laughs> no, but I do think that this, uh, the way that this Missouri Senate race is kind of unfolding is interesting. So we'll probably comment on it as new, new things come out. But um, we don't. We like to remind you always that like we're not that far away from Alabama. So like we we like to try to. We like to try to jump into the headlines as much as we as we can. We're not perfect either, so criticize me. Um, I do every day, right? <laughs> but you have an article, right? We've we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about how McCaskill has been kind of playing the right hands, laying down yeah, the right she's cards, bringing here and there. a ton of money as she always does. So she is the the front runner, obviously. Right. And now then, she does have. Um, now we talked to. A, 
last week, maybe the week before, I think, about a, uh, a very outsider candidate yeah. named Cortland Sykes. Who we aren't even sure if is a serious he, candidate. He or, may be a troll. Right. Yeah. Or he, he might even not be a real person. I don't know. He could be. Like, I, I imagine that he could very well be like the D's Nuts 2016 <laughs> run, bid or whatever. Um, because... Like and if he's not, then f that guy because like the things that he said, I just it's His hard. Chuck for, Norris s videos, right? That he makes, yeah. It's hard for me to believe that a guy that looks like he should be the star of X Files is <laughs> um is like running around saying like she devils and banshees and but maybe so like I don't know maybe so but anyway so we've talked though when we've mentioned Josh Hawley he's the current attorney general of the state he hasn't really uh, Republican front runner right and he hasn't really raised a bunch of money the only reason he's really considered the front runner is because Donald Trump and Steve not Steve Donald Trump endorsed him. Steve Bannon also endorsed him. But Steve I, Bannon endorses I, everybody. I, I, I don't. Want, I don't want to lump that those those two moves together anyway. Yeah. Um. But you know he hasn't raised a ton of money. He hasn't been in the news. Yeah. Although now. we are a state that you know, like I said before, is on the cusp of turning. You know, it wouldn't be McCaskill is a Democratic leader in a Republican state. Right. Um. It wouldn't be unreasonable to, to expect that her seat is kind of weak or targetable. Yeah. So Holly did, but he did make. But yeah, he, I did also. I want to point out before we get into the story, like I'm pretty sure we could pull the soundbite from last week where he said Republicans tend to lend themselves to Todd Akin moments, and that's. I mean, at least in Missouri, that's my experience. <laughs> um, and so I think we've got one. <laughs> so yeah. there was actually the headline of one of the articles covering this um, was. Uh, Missouri keeps having its Todd Akin moment. Yes. So that um, publication yeah. owes me royalties. So Holly got in trouble um, when, uh, <laughs> I guess, audio obtained by the Kansas City Star surfaced, I guess, about a week back. Him speaking at a, um, I guess it was some kind of gospel or, or uh, prayer meeting. And he said, quote, um, we have a human trafficking crisis in our state and in this city and in our country because people are willing to purchase women, young women, and treat them like commodities. There is a market for it. Why is there? Because the culture has completely lost its way. The sexual revolution has led to the exploitation of women on a scale that we have never been that we could have never imagined. Um we must deliver a message to our culture that the false gospel of quote anything goes ends this road of slavery. And it just kinda goes on like that. But the, the part they caught people's attention was him essentially saying the sexual revolution led to the exploitation of women. Hmm. Which is a very um, I don't know, it seems like a very Republican stance, or at least a very old Republican stance, right? Kind of that blaming the victim, like. But it becomes one of those moments where, like, aside from the obvious low-hanging fruit with Roy Moore, like, it seems like one of those moments where it's just like, yeah, well, don't have that. Like, that's an old school stance. Like, your whole thing, you can't just be like, well, God said, so, therefore, like. And it doesn't usually play. And Missouri has shown that when the the Todd Aiken, to remind people who are not from Missouri and who don't know, the the last time Claire McCaskill ran a race, um her her front runner or her opponent was Todd Aiken for the Republican um party and what did he say that uh, He said that women uh women's bodies could shut down a pregnancy if it was not if a legitimate rape is yeah, what it's he the said. term he used and that went viral but he was essentially saying that women's bodies would 
know that a woman had been raped and not and choose not to reproduce. Therefore, we don't need abortion right. in the case of women who've been raped. Yeah. Yeah, not a good thing. Not yeah, a good it, thing it's to just, say. It's stupid logic anyway you look at it. Yeah, it's stupid logic, and it's a horrible, horrible thing for any political campaign yeah, or it, candidate it, to and ever it pretty much, And it was, it was a you know, replication of that Sarah Palin moment of, you know, just just kind of shooting yourself in the foot, and you you know, you know picked a running – because was he not a running mate of – when he said that, was he not running um, – or being touted as a possible VP pick for somebody? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he was, but I think that I know that he was. That that was during the election when Mitt Romney and Barack Obama were going. So, yeah. Like I know that there were. I think he might have been trying to draw himself close to Mitt Romney. Okay. Like that. That's possible. I don't think because he was just running for a seat. So I don't think he was. I thought and I don't think Todd like... Akin would ever be considered for. Like, yeah. I, like I just can't see it. Like, looking at that guy without ever having heard that statement, I'd be like, yeah, I probably wouldn't be yeah, I don't you. think he's enough You're not going to appeal anyway. to anybody being from Missouri, bud. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the reason we've only had one president from our state. <laughs> right. But, yeah, the, like, now, do I think that what Holly said is as bad as what Aiken said? No, not at all. Like, No, and he a- actually did double down when asked about it. He went on to kind of say, like, I do feel this way. And, you know, I think he claimed he was backed up by evidence. I don't. Yeah. I think there is a correlation between. Well, no, I wouldn't even say that because I think as a society we've had we have less rape than we probably ever had. Not that it's not still a problem, but right. it, historically it's been a part of. It's a part of nature. It's still you know. I don't know to like I almost. It would. That's not it bad. would. I'm not endorsing. His, no, <laughs> no. I don't. Sort of clarify. I think too that like the statistics kind of ma- they vary because if you're looking at it like I think you would. A lot of people think about it in terms of America, and they don't think about the world. So, like, I would wonder what the rape statistics are worldwide versus in the country. Yeah, but I think also you'd have a problem with in cultures that are more suppressive to women, the idea of reporting it would be, like, you wouldn't have accurate numbers to begin with because the culture would be so against speaking out because nothing would happen anyway. Yeah, no, that's true. So McCaskill did actually respond to him. Um, unlike Cortland, so she did respond to Cortland Sykes after like two weeks of being hounded with questions. Yeah, but she did come out, and she, her response was kind of to um, a personal jab. She said, uh, "I didn't go to one of those fancy private schools, but the history I learned in public schools and at Mizzou taught me that the evidence of trafficking of women for sex goes back to before 2000 BC. It didn't begins with women's rights and uh, the birth control pill." Right. That, that was actually a tweet that she issued, but like that's a very fair fair point. Yeah, you know, like hi- yeah, history does does not back up your claim. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it was I think it was a dumb thing to say. I don't know if that's where he totally falls off the map, but it's, as far as like I'm concerned, I don't know that he's on the map yet. Like people know his name. But yeah. even you and I listen to local conservative radio, and like even when they talk about Josh Hawley, they don't really say anything about him because like we don't know that. I mean, it's, it doesn't. And for him to be the attorney general, it seems like we should know something yeah. about him. But like they, but I don't know. He's almost new, like yeah. to me. He's kind of like, and I'm not saying based on record or anything because I don't know. I don't know either of them. But Roy Blunt is that kind of person that's just like a career politician. We don't know what he's ever done because I'm assuming he's always played it safe. But he has con- he has existed in that seat since I've been alive. Um, and I'm just like, okay, dude. Well, what do you do? Why are we paying you? Like, <laughs> so. But that's how it feels. When people talk about Roy Blunt it, in local media, they're like, well, Senator Roy Blunt is here. 
Okay. That that's kind of how I feel about Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley is running for Senate. Okay. Yeah. What about like does he have a stance on anything? Well, like, apparently he does enough that and this article references the fact that um he had been recruited into the race by Pence and other prominent Republicans. So apparently they saw enough in him to to get him to run against McCaskill thinking that she was kind of weak and they could target her seat. We'll see if that like if this ends up being something that destroys his chances. I don't know. I don't think it'll destroy his chances, but I don't think he I mean, does. It I mean, it's interesting I think that the two people trying to run in Missouri both make statements uh, about women that are so controversial. Like right. running against a woman incumbent. Yeah. And like who's I, little, unbelievably smart and like that's why I don't think like I don't calculating. I don't think they're on the map when it comes to Claire McCaskill because she's just She's good. She's Leslie Nope, right? Only she's not as funny. She I don't know how what how she feels about waffles, but mm-hmm. I but that's how I feel about her. She's like that string puller, but you can't you don't know. She's the puppet master, right? And like you don't know necessarily what she's the one playing 4D chess. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe this was all her game. <laughs> we she just come off up. a little like Claire from House of Cards, does she not? A little bit. Yeah. But most politicians do. Like yeah, no, true. I mean, look at Mitch McConnell and be like, "Yeah, I wonder what your conversations not on camera are like," or Paul Ryan or any of them. Paul Ryan, I just imagine that when he's not like doing his job, he's just constantly working out because it's all he ever does on Twitter is post. Uh, see, I don't think that. I think when he's not doing his job, he's just combing his hair. He's kissing his biceps, <laughs> telling him good night, like that. <laughs> um, he should grow a beard again. Isn't that what he did the last time the government shut down? He's just like... Like the, like Movembers, like right. No Shave November. <laughs> I'm going mountain man. I, apparently um, the taxpayers pay for his razors, so he just like has to stop shaving during the shutdown. <laughs> Something like that. Obama like barricaded it off with, with that's I wish Obama at some point would have just like after he won his second term just like grew out his hair and done like a, an afro like just do something weird with it grow mutton chops or you know like <laughs> do the Jay Z just show up in a tuxedo every yeah, day yes why not <laughs> like all right I don't know why your hair is getting longer and I don't know if I like it but go on or do the like I, if he would have started cultivating a Sammy Jackson from Pulp Fiction look I would have had so much respect <laughs> right. we'll see. We'll see. Maybe there's still time, though. Barack Obama's not gone forever. That's I mean, true. he's not going to be president. He is, he's I would assume dressing a lot more casual these days. You see him <laughs> yeah. like, always in like a t-shirt. He's now. in dad mode. He's, yeah, he's on vacay. This isn't his problem anymore. He's also like regained five years. Like cause he he aged a lot, and then the moment he got out of office, he regained five years back and looks a little younger now. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's not smoking, so he'll live longer. <laughs> Sorry, Republicans, but, um. Anyway, so let's get into the last story of the week. The NFL um, Super Bowl is this weekend. So, obviously, that brings us to last weekend's Royal Rumble. Um, because, fuck football, I don't care. It will be interesting to see the ratings. I'm I, sure we will talk about that. Yeah, I, I, will, that up. I will be interested in that because Did you, I, I'm calling bullshit on all of the like anti-take-a-knee people. Like, I really... My bet is that the Super Bowl's ratings are – they might be down. I bet they're down a little bit, but I bet they're not down like, yeah. oh, wow, and this really hurt the league. Yeah. Um, um, and we'll – because it actually – it's tonight, actually. As the, well, the night we're recording this, rather. It'll be – it'll ha- will have happened by the time right. this comes out. Did yeah. you see that they announced – and I'll be curious if this happens. If, um, if the players kneel, they will televise it, they said. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, and no, but no one <laughs> has kneeled in a while. Yeah, and um, I don't think anybody from those teams have kneeled for a while. But I also no, don't they were care. Doing, at like, one point, they were raising their fist in solidarity, but I think they stopped that too. Yeah, but my thing is just like I don't care. Like, and that's and that story is. The story was such a dumb story while it was happening. And while, like, you know what? If you don't want to watch it, don't want to, don't watch it. Or maybe stopping a pansy, turn it on five minutes yeah. later. Do you remember when we used to have like conversations about like, can you burn a flag? Ooh, that was so controversial. And now it's like someone's kneeling. I don't give a damn. Right. I can't watch this anymore. Um. So, like I said, f football. Let's talk a little bit of my my personal. Guilty pleasure. Um, last week, WWE had Royal Rumble, right? And in tying this in with Josh Holly and sexism, they had their first ever women's Royal Rumble, and which was so weird because I remember it. Now, everybody that is like, oh my God, we're about to talk about wrestling. Yeah, for a few minutes we are. <laughs> and so this might, you might miss the alternative facts of the week this week. I'm okay with that. But I'm going to talk wrestling for a minute. So, um, the so they had. I thought the format was going to be weird, right? Because they like announced that they were doing two thirty-person Royal Rumbles, which uh, typically take a while. Yeah, they're usually like, I like. I have not watched wrestling since I was a child. I mean, not like I used to watch it like every day, right? I I so I have I do like I do subscribe to the WWE network and I have watched I am <laughs> but I don't care because the thing is like the whole reason I love that you're like Washington Post you're not getting my money WWE tell take it <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> um, but the thing is that like I I watched it when I was a kid right when we we in the 90s it was huge oh like, yeah the, you couldn't get away from Hogan and like it just if you grew up as a 90s kid you know those were about like wrestling. our superheroes basically yeah it was, it was our, it's a soap opera for children right so once wwe network becomes a thing like now i've got all the access to all the old wcw from like from the 80s through today every week like every episode of nitro every episode of raw whatever so like i've been watching some of those old things and so every once in a while like we went to the money in the bank thing last june and yeah, like it was, I, it was fun every, like, I, I, even though i don't keep up with it like i had a blast yeah it live and i really don't like my issue with wwe for the, like a while and the reason I don't really watch it regularly anymore is because I'm not totally into the whole PG thing especially when I'm able to watch the old 90s stuff. What they could get away with. Right because it was raunchy and it was ridiculous and there were like grown men talking like whooping each other's asses with bottles of milk (laughs) and like what? Um, It's hard to offend me but like rewatching it sometimes when I use your account I'm shocked at the amount of times I'm like this was on TV? Right. Wow. I um yeah I'm surprised that uh, well, I'm not surprised at why my parents, when I was a child, was like, "Yeah, you're not allowed to watch that." I did, like, sorry, mom and dad, yeah. I did, but I was not I allowed back. to. I want to go back and ask my parents, like, why was I allowed to watch this? This was <laughs> right. so not age appropriate. Do you remember how before you realized what wrestling was like, you let me watch it? Yeah. You should have watched it first. Like, it was <laughs> it was raunchy. And then we'd go outside and play wrestling, which was just uh, like hitting each other with chairs. So I'm again surprised. Why did they right. stop us? Yeah, I don't know. Like, my brothers and I did some ridiculous. And my brother, I'm so. I'm the oldest of six. My younger brother is um, Austin, the, the youngest in my family, is 10 years younger than me. And then Cameron is seven years younger than me. And when they were like seven and I was 14 or whatever, I dude, we would hit, we would, you remember those little novelty trash cans um, 
like those little tin trash cans you get for like with a sports logo on them. Yeah, or dude, we broke like fourteen of those <laughs> over each other. Um, he gets those little stupid souvenir baseball bats and like really. And I told I joked a few episodes ago about jumping off of tall tall stuff like i don't know how many times her brothers flew off the top bunk onto my back or we would like jump off the porch or trampolines <laughs> or like just dumb dumb don't stuff do we shouldn't have been able to survive no, at all not at all but um so but every once in a while like last year i watched the royal rumble because i knew that bill goldberg was coming back and usually when i if i'm gonna watch wrestling today it's gonna be because somebody from my childhood is scheduled to make an appearance so this year i watched it because um because i heard well first of all i do like the the setup of the Royal Rumble because it's a perfect match. It's always been my favorite. Like as, it, as a it child. lends yeah. itself. It lends itself to surprises. You've got thirty people coming in. You had a ten second countdown. It could be anybody, and it brings a. It's a great opportunity to bring somebody from the past back, which they did successfully this year. I was so excited that Rey Mysterio Jr. came back. Like yeah. that, that dude is amazing. He's so fun to watch, and he's like fifty and ripped. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And I was surprised. Like again, I haven't watched it besides the when we went to last year I have not watched it in forever so, yeah. and I watched it like along with you guys and it was interesting how they even I even remarked like one of the I don't remember names but one of the women in the uh, women's Royal Rumble was wearing uh, hashtag times up yeah. on her clothes like in, in you should remember the, Lita's name Lita okay it was Lita <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure there was like 30 people I knew like 5 of them but um yeah, like it seemed like it like it was also coincidental Strike timing. One. The first female, like I don't know how long they've had this plan, but it coincided with the t- the Me Too and the Times Up movement. Yeah. yeah, no, it was and it was fun to watch and like the, it was it was actually more entertaining than the men's to me. Like it was, it it was, was for me too. And it, what's cool is that wrestling because back when it was ridiculously raunchy and whatever, like it was no secret that Vince McMahon wasn't super uh, respectful of of women at least in the way that he portrayed them on tv that was your point earlier that like he used his daughter as a whore on the show for yeah. like several <laughs> years um and jokes on him now she's about to get the company he's about to die <laughs> um but actually that's not true vince mcmahon will never die no i think he's an immortal he is a highlander um but no i thought that was cool and what was what's neat about it is that they that they had 30 women yeah to wrestle that now some of them were goofy. Vicky Vicky Guerrero's reappearance. Um, <laughs> was... If you don't know these references, you should stop what you're doing after this episode, and you should go look up these people because whether or not you want to call me names for liking wrestling, it's hilarious, and I stand <laughs> by that decision um, or that statement. So, but the the greatest moment. So it we've known for a long time that Ronda Rousey hasn't been fighting in UFC since her two losses or whatever. Yeah, back-to-back back losses. It, it was kind of a big deal. and she, we cover, Yeah, we covered that at third. I think you guys did when it happened. Well, cause she, because she, yeah, she, it was because of how she handled it that it became a story because she, I think Rhonda really thought she was unstoppable and then like, oh, wow, no, you're not. You are human. Um, so she took it real bad and then she kind of just like faded away for a while. Well, I keeping up with a lot of these like little wrestling forums and podcasts and little publications, whatever online publications had heard rumors. And over the months and months, it became more obvious that Ronda Rousey was going to sign a contract with WWE in 
2018. Didn't know exactly when. We figured that she would make an appearance at one of the pay-per-views. So Royal Rumble is uh, lends itself perfectly to have her come out. So you know you're watching the whole thing, and it was really cool that they they literally brought everybody back that's uh, that's living except for. Sable, like Sable wasn't there, but like Alita was there, Michelle McCool, all the people from all of the eras where they were really just girls to look at. I can't, yeah, more like, <laughs> I think it seems the, like modern day is more like they're getting into the technical wrestling of it. And I, yeah, I think that, yeah, and that's what's back cool. in the day was like China was the only one who was like, she broke like right. standards ba- by being in the men's Royal Rumble. And back in the day, like I think you watched it for the soap opera, like you watched it to watch Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Stone Cold and The Rock and all of that stuff happening more so than the matches themselves. Yeah. Now I think it's the opposite, especially for adults that watched it as like back in the 90s and the late 80s and whatever early 2000s because i think back then like it it was a lot i think that the raunchy and the over the top of the ridiculous stuff is what was funny about wrestling oh yeah now if i'm watching wrestling what i'm entertained by is the performers because they are insanely talented now they get hurt a lot more because they don't do steroids but they but you know like they fly all over the ring and they make stuff look pretty neat um they i don't like watching this there's a choreography to it just in the same way that it's like i'm not a fan of sports but i've had fun every time i've been to a a baseball game i have fun because i can appreciate the right the technical like proficiency that goes into something like that right so now if you're watching wrestling in 2018 for the soap opera like i don't know what's wrong with you because it's awful like they don't No, the moment they they pick up a microphone i what was great in the 90s is that those guys were just like given free reign so they go out with a microphone free coke too so it it, it (laughs) led to some really interesting (laughs) yeah it did lend itself to some awesome storylines yeah i don't know how many time gold dust walked out in lingerie before they were like all right dusty he's back <laughs> um but yeah no it was, was he named after angel dust Is, could that explain it <laughs> oh I, I hope not um but yeah it was there there was some interesting stuff what the what was cool though is that so all of the women came out and they had all these throwbacks to all of the women jacqueline came out back from the sable days in the 90s and whatever and so 29 had already come out and there's only one more person come out. Everybody's expecting Ronda Rousey. I was expecting Rousey. The crowd is chanting Ronda Rousey and Trish Stratus's music hits. And that is the most perfect way to end the night. Now that's not how the night ended, but that's it, it was like, like almost a psych out. Yeah. That was the, that was the coolest surprise, the coolest way that they could do that. And I told Stacy, um, Stacy was watching it with me and actually my uh, sister and brother-in-law were over too and Trish um, or so Trish comes out and Stacy has been watching Friends on Netflix a lot and so I was like hey you remember that you remember that episode where uh, they made the list of five celebrities that they're allowed to sleep with and whatever like well you could take Jennifer Aniston off of mine because <laughs> like Trish Trish is definitely on there um she, like that that was an awesome throwback and that was a cool thing that they did with and I guess there I wasn't watching wrestling at the time that Trish and Mickey James had a feud but you know apparently they did and so that was a that was a neat moment you could tell by the audience reaction that yeah thank they god knew. That there's commentators to tell me that this is a part of an ongoing rivalry. right thank god when Stephanie McMahon walked out to sit at the at the 
commentary booth that she didn't talk too much because <laughs> I think for she forgot that she had a microphone. I'm glad that she no, she probably remembered that she had a microphone. She was like, you know what, the WWE fans don't typically don't typically like me. Now anybody who's a who's like a nerd is gonna notice that I call those fans and not universe because f that term. I will not embrace that. Um, this is not comic books. That those are different universes. And those oh, that's what you're Man in spandex. Okay, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. calling it a universe. Fuck you. <laughs> right. Maybe so. So anyway. That wraps up my Super Bowl Sunday talk. So um, she will be back in the WrestleMania, correct? Uh, well, so yeah, Rising. I guess I didn't finish the show. Spoiler alert: after the after the end of the match, Ronda Rousey appears awkwardly. I was so mad at all the publications that were like, "She stole the show." Though, granted, by the reaction of the fans, like they dug it, but I just yeah. was like, "You don't look like you haven't done this before. You look awkward. You look like you know you're pretending, and you you should sell it. Come on." Yeah, and I also think like I'm if you're fan, gonna introduce someone, you got to keep it short. Like when Mike Tyson was introduced, like it was short appearances until he became comfortable, right? Because there's a difference between what you were doing before, yeah, and and at the, least the, the show of wrestling. The, the good thing for Vince McMahon and WWE slash F, um, and their guest appearances is that they just like. The, the, like they're a thousand times better than what WCW and Ted Turner offered in in uh, comparison back in the WCW days. Like you had Mike Tyson, um, you've got Ronda Rousey, you had I'm trying to think of who else they've had on the Shaquille O'Neal was kind of a goofy one, but I still don't think as goofy as Dennis Ted Rodman, Turner. I believe was. Dennis Rodman was there, which that like that one's okay. I'm fine with that. Carl Malone, not so much. Jay Leno, not so much. David Arquette, not so much. You <laughs> like, know, I was, okay. If Trump like announced that he was going to appear on Nitro or uh, you know SmackDown or Raw, like would would you be like? I'm sure you would tune in. Would you be excited about that? No, I wouldn't. Like, not as somebody who cares about the presidency. I would not want a sitting president to go on a sh- Now, I, I, but in the same way that I have an issue, we've talked about Parks and Rec on the show before. And yeah. I, and I wish that, like, Joe Biden wasn't on the show. Like, do, like, go be doing your job, that, please. Like, when Obama did uh, Between Two Firms with Zach Galifianakis, like, sometimes you're trying to be too hip. It's right. like a dad getting into, like, yeah. rap music, you know, just to show off. Yeah, I don't, like, so, I, so no, I would not want Donald Trump to do that. I didn't realize until I was watching, though, the because Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon's wife, works as part of the Trump administration. She's the small business administrator, right? Right, or, and yeah. she had been trying for a while to, like, she had been making Senate runs, and she had been trying to launch a political career. So, like, I know that all now. I, so, since I've been watching old wrestling from the 90s, I didn't realize how many shots they take at Bill Clinton. Like, so many really? shots. Like, they literally have the women who accused uh, Bill Clinton on Raw doing interviews, making, like, crazy... Like, it's a... it's a, a, You think that this whole Russian Mueller, like, that's a circus? This was a circus. Now, granted, this is a soap opera. It was supposed to be. But the fact that somebody who's They're pulling accusing from real life... People from real yeah. life who are on a show talking about their experience with Bill Clinton or like, or they would be talking about their experience with another wrestler, but using details from the, the Clinton accusation, it's like just really weird shit. So like Vince McMahon has always been taking little political drops. Yeah, like, yeah. like he's been, he's been poking that for, for a little <laughs> while, but, um, 
so Ronda Rousey came out. She was awkward. She didn't really sell it. And so, and it, that whole portion lasted too long for me. Like you can point at the WrestleMania sign all you want. We know that's what we know. That's where we're going <laughs> to see you next. Um, but anyway, so I figured as far as we needed to talk about, uh, sport on super bowl sunday um so we might as well pick a fake one yeah. that that is way cooler than the football <laughs> than the football, than the football. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway i think that's a good place to wrap it right yeah um so with that definitely check us out on twitter and facebook <laughs> i almost forgot where i, where I, I was I, going. I, I looked up and be like right, continue Brandon. i know Please continue. i know you're like no no <laughs> We're just gonna make this. I thought you were just passing it off to me. I was like, "Oh, I'm not prepared." <laughs> All right, take it, take it, Frank. Um, no, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at TDAP2017. You can follow us, like, subscribe, share our stuff. Um, new episodes are available weekly on iTunes and Google Play and wherever podcasts are found. And uh, yeah, with that, here it is: your alternative fact of the week. Thanks. You and me have been formally introduced yet. My name's Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you're standing in my ring. If you're standing in my ring, what I say goes. Do you understand that? You don't have to answer that because I hope you understand that. That's a good looking tie you got there. You doing okay? Look a little stiff. Glad to have you here. You know, lately, Donald, I've been seeing you on a little TV show and all the only thing you got to say is telling people you're fired. Let me tell you something. You're not gonna tell Stone Cold Steve Austin he's fired because he don't work for you. He's never gonna work for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think it's only fair that you give a man fair warning, so I'm gonna break it down to you like this. Not only in this ring, don't get under my skin. Don't rub me the wrong way. Don't ruffle my feathers. Basically, long story short, I'm telling you not to piss me off. Because if you do piss me off, I'll whip your ass. Now look at me when I'm talking to you. Because I've done my research on you. I don't give a rat's ass if you're worth a billion dollars, two billion dollars, three billion dollars, four billion dollars, five billion dollars, six billion dollars, seven billion dollars, eight billion dollars. You piss me off, I'll open up an eight billion dollar can of whoop ass and serve it to you, and that's all I got to say about that. Trump's ex-wives are doing cartwheels. 